Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rise of Drekus Chapter 2, Outpost on the Frontier. How are my favorite players in the world doing today? Woo, we're good. <laughs> doing great. I could have sworn you called some other players your favorite players. I was like lying yesterday. to them. I was lying oh to God. them because they need to feel good because they're all, you know, insecure people. You're my true favorite players. Yay. You. You're our uh -huh. one and only DM. We don't oh. participate in any other campaigns. Oh, well, that's great. I I, I prefer mon people who have monogamous relationships with yes. their DMs. Mm -hmm. Anything else feels Which like cheating. Mm -hmm. That yes, does make you the best and the worst at the same time, you know? You know, mm. I can I can live with that. I can live with that. Um, so how's everybody doing today? Very good. We accidentally went live a little bit earlier. That was fun. <laughs> chat was, uh... <laughs> chat was just, you know, spying on us. It's yeah, fucked up. That's not supposed they to happen. They hacked into your computer and clicked go live for you. Yeah, that was a mistake. That was bad. I'm sorry. Uh, but now we're here, Thank and now we're live at the right time. Hi, everybody. Uh, why don't we go around and introduce our players, and not our characters yet, because we'll... No, no, let's do our players and our characters, then we'll actually have our characters meet each other, because your characters haven't met yet at the start of the game. Uh, and so we're going to start with... The person to my left is Trump SC slash Vincent Mapper. Who are you, and who are you playing today? Hey, I'm uh, Trump. I have recently played a lot of D&D. Haven't played with Koibu in some time, which means I'm really happy to come back in for a Koibu mission. I, I was watching that intro. Wait, do we own all of that at this time, Jackus? Yeah, all the things in red. It's most, of the, it's most of Arcadia. This is ours. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, and, uh, that's really good for the mapping business. Uh, I am playing Vincent Mapper, a... Uh, former owner uh, slash running the family map store in the capital of Drekus. And I realized that I had, I was scouted for my magical powers and I am now a very fancy transmuter specializing in alteration spells. Hmm. Excellent. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to say before we move on to uh, Elaine slash Fayama? Let's go to Elaine. All right, Elaine slash Fayama, who are you and who are you playing today? All right, my name is Fayama, or Faye in short. I've played the uh, first chapter of Rise of Drekus. So mm -hmm. if you missed that, you should go back and watch it. Um, I'm playing Elaine Pentelin, a half-elf bastard from one of the most prestigious noble families in Drekus who has shortly, like a short while ago, accomplished her first mission as a um, commander in charge for an expedition to a frozen island and has now been sent off by uh, the queen again on another mission uh, with these nice two other people. <laughs> mm -hmm. <Yeah. laughs> okay. And last but not least, we have Pichachu slash Crumpet. Who are you and who are you playing today? I'm Pichachu and I'm playing Crumpet. Um, Crumpet is a halfling. Um, I feel so bad after all of their prestigious noble backstories. Mm. Um, Crumpet's a halfling. She is a thief. She is a rogue. Uh, she's very small. She's mischievous. Um, but she is a very good rogue. She is one of the land's best rogues, I would say. And she, you know, grew up in a humble little wheat farm 
and you'll learn about her as we go on. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, a farmer, a noble, somewhere in between. <laughs> About yeah. the whole stratum here of social and society. And a merchant, yes. Perfect. Um, so let's talk about what this campaign is. Drickus, as we've seen in the intro in, in chapter one, is a, a growing empire. You know, they had a, a small place in Arcadian history for a long time until the, the bigger kingdom of Eridon fell to sudden demon invasion. Doesn't matter. Drekus took care of that demon invasion. Then there was this dragon that had been here for a long time, and the, the country the dragon was inhabiting started to get a little uppity, and a war happened there. Not a big problem. We'll just, you know, raise some excellent warriors and scour the world for magic items and slay the evil H-Class uh, 12 Great Worm Red Dragon known as Scoria. Unite all of Arcadia together. But in the process, um, little bits of... Rekisian territory were lost. Um, there's this new landmass that's been rise, rising, rising, raised out of the sea. Uh, it's in the process of being raised, so it's rising out of the sea. Uh, and in this age of iron, you know, 5,000 years into world history or whatever, that's a, an unusual thing. You don't often get new landmasses at this point in time. And so when the, the, the land was being raised from the sea, Drekis found out by a casual scouting ship that was just traveling through the area, actually like completely blown off course and lost and soon to die, but stumbled across this island, uh, was able to replenish supplies and made the way back home. Said, hey, Drekus, hey, Queen Wick, um, there's a new island out here. Maybe we should do something about it. And so Drekus set up a nice little outpost and that's all before the war. But then the war comes and it's chaotic, war is hard, war is messy, and contact with this new landmass and this outpost known as Santa Barbara uh, was just lost, because shit happens, and you're too busy fighting a war for survival to, to deal with it. But now that the war has been all cleaned up and mopped up, it's time to go back and, you know, figure out what happened here. There was a town, there was an outpost, they had a, a bitumen mine, they had some uh, fresh new fruits and vegetables that had never been seen before that could be imported from this area, there were some interesting coasts that might have interesting resources. We're not sure entirely. Um, and so it's time to go back and reestablish connection with that outpost. Make sure that everything is on the up and up. Um, and to that end, we have three objectives. Regain contact with the outpost. Secure the region from any threats. You know, maybe there were monsters. Maybe um, one of the other empires or other kingdoms at the time like actually took this land away. And maybe like there's a last little bastion of uh, mystery and soldiers up here. Who knows what? But secure the region from any threats. And last but not least is gather intelligence on what's been happening in the area, including taking any valuable prisoners. So it's a pretty straightforward see what's up handle the situation then report back sort of adventure not a problem uh, elaine who has just finished the chapter the first chapter where she was dealing with some deserters uh has been appointed as the leader of this mission and has had two extremely useful assets uh assigned to her the first is vincent mapper that what do you call that? That mercantile wizard who... You said you were a transmuter? That's, That's a, right. A specialist in alteration and transmutation magic. Uh, you also have healing and herbalism proficiencies. So you're a sort of um, a very good support caster and caretaker, I believe, in this situation. 
That's right. I may have also been specially chosen due to my uh, mapping background. Uh, this is useful when finding a long-lost outpost. I've also specially studied one of the Koibu special spells, which I'm sure will bust out to great effect in this mission. Oh, fuck. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. You also took uh, Georg's Handy Metric, which is a, a spell we've seen but once before. Uh, but it's very handy if you need to judge distances. Great for mappers. And the yes, other. I was like, holy cow, this is the perfect spell for me. <laughs> as well as Erase, which you side mentioned, you know, this is one of the most useless spells, but it's in the world. And I was like, yes, he's so good for cartography. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're going to need here. Um, we have a map because you can't really play D&D without a map. I've tried. You can do Theater of Mind, but we sort of need a map. But the map that we have on our screens that we're going to be seeing in the near future, or why not, let's show it now, um, is not necessarily the full-fledged map that our players are going to have. You're going to know that there's these islands, and there's a mountain range, and there's an outpost, and beyond the mountains is jungle. And that's pretty much oh all you God. know. Is it actually called Jungle of Death, Neil? <laughs> you know, when people first discover lands, they name things sort of arbitrary, right? Like, Virginia was named for the Virgin Queen, but, like, Virginia, it doesn't have anything to do with virgins at the end of the day. It was just named yeah, after I'd the queen. I'd rather go and visit the Virgin Queen than the Jungle of Death, Neil. You know, I'm just... <laughs> no, it's very straightforward. You know what to expect. Yeah. It's probably not that deadly, all right? It's probably just local rumors. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, one dude died there, and they were like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The jungle of death. Yeah. Uh, and the other person that's been assigned to this task is this rogue. This halfling rogue. Small. Small. Adorable. Certainly not dangerous. And the reason these, these two characters have been assigned, in addition to, you know, this expedition needing uh, some, some more beef to it, is to sort of shape the kingdom a little bit, like we did with the first chapter. The actions of our characters are going to be a reflection on the growing kingdom empire of Drakus and their sort of bent. Uh, so Pichachu, Crumpet, the halfling here, represents the empire's will to get things done no matter what it takes. If you're going to make an omelet, you're going to have to break a few eggs, Crumpets here to make sure those eggs get broken and that we don't stand around hemming and hawing and be like, oh, but what about the chickens? They've laid these eggs. They've got so they care about these eggs. No, you're going you're gonna to need to break some eggs, you know. Get your hands dirty. Exactly. Sometimes it needs to be done for the good of the empire. It's better to have a short, nasty war than a long, gentle war that just gets worse and worse over, you know, decades. Terrible, terrible. On the other hand, our wizard is here to sort of represent the will of the empire to... Um, take care of its own, do the right thing, be the empire that you want to see in the world, essentially. Um, so they're almost the, the angels on either side of Elaine's shoulders, and your ability to influence Elaine will be really your ability to influence the entire empire of uh, Drakus that is rising up here. And once again, Elaine is thrust into the position of responsibility and how you go about things is going to be, you know, reflected on everything to come mm -hmm. from here and your entire society and people. Uh, but listen great. to your advisors. That's good. <laughs> We've done so much good for this world already. What's a little bit more? 
Right? Yeah. Right? It's going to be great. We're going to deal with it. It's going to be great. Um, so why don't we start at the beginning? Oh, they're not. The cameras aren't soft. The overlays are soft. I will fix the overlays in just a moment. Um, so we are going to be running into our characters and our players um, at the very beginning, before we leave to go to this new land, when we're actually back in Drekus. We'll be meeting in the town of Bontheris. It's a town on the southern side of Drekus, near a big river. Um, and the three of you are gathered together um, by this this man, the sort of leader of, he's not the leader of the expedition, but he's the organizer of the expedition. His name is Lord Richard Marshall. He's a, a powerful merchant and sort of a, um, a shot caller. You know, he sees where there could be something and he puts it together and he makes it happen. His son is a great and powerful warrior who did all these wonderful things and is now retired to live comfortably in the newly conquered kingdom of Aradon up in the, the Golden Sea where he can rest and relax for all his days because he's done his time and he served his kingdom and he's, he's time to retire. His father is working tirelessly though and y'all have been brought together under Lord Richard Marshall to... um you know, to do this thing that we've already talked about with uh, Santa Barbara and Ethos. And he's already had a, a relationship with Elaine. And so I think we're going to start with Elaine and Lord Marshall hanging out in an office room. You've been called here. You know that this um, expedition is coming. You've been informed. You've been given a what little information about the area is known as a great resource uh, Sorry, there are great resources in this land. There's new fruits and vegetables. The avocados of the region are particularly delicious and not available in Eridon or Drekus or Arcadia whatsoever. Um, and so we definitely need to secure the avocado supply. Um, otherwise, what is the point in living? And um, yeah, you're just going to go. You're going to go fix these things. He's been saying to you. What? Do you right. have any thoughts? Any, any retorts? I think... I think Elaine is mainly trying to reframe her mind a little bit because the last situation was her going to an ice cold island hunting down deserters and now we're talking about avocados so she's trying to you know sort this out in her mind and um, I think in the back of her head she's I already know who's coming with me right uh, you haven't point? been told yet. No, you've requested okay. a cleric uh, to come with yes. you. Yes, but like in the back of my head, I just really hope that one of the people coming with me knows anything about trading or this aspect because Elaine hears avocados and she's like, I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> I'm not a farmer whatsoever. I'll, I'll, I'll look at the notes and I'll be like, all right, okay, yes, <laughs> we'll figure it out, I guess. This is a very different mission from her last one in that sense. Mm -hmm. Well, don't worry, Lane. It's not going to be cold. It's warm. I uh, hear the place is almost tropical. Uh, nice sandy beaches, lovely weather. You know, the winters doesn't snow. Not even a little bit. Doesn't even get cold. You don't even need a light jacket in the middle of winter. Maybe at night in the middle of winter. But otherwise, I, I hear it's a, a lovely place. And lost contact with it you know it's probably just the seas have been dangerous everything might actually be perfectly fine when you get there this should be a point quick mission in and out 
I'll point towards that crude map lying in front of us and I'll put my finger onto the name where it says Jungle of Death and I'll be like, um, what? Can you tell me anything about this? Lord Richard. He shakes his head. You know, the first people to explore it, they ran into a jungle. Um, there were some strange creatures there that they weren't familiar with that threw spears at them. It was kind of hot and humid. Someone got sick. Original people making maps of things, you know, they see something, they label it whatever they want, and they move on. You should see some of the maps that we've seen. We had to we had to edit some of them because there was a someone called a peninsula Dick Peninsula because you've got you know the sorts of people that you hire to do these things don't always have the greatest names. I wouldn't worry about it too much. I think it's probably a. Uh, and more indicative of the people that mapped this out originally than what the jungle actually is. All right. But what do I is know? there any is there anybody that we still have contact with in Santa Barbara? Like do we know who's supposed to be in charge there right now? Um yeah, there is a family called Campbell family. The Campbell family is uh, the supposed to be the ruling family in the area. There should also be some other security staff um, and some soldiers. There's a little fort there. Um, but the Campbell estate, they're, they're the lords in charge. All right. So currently we're not worried about going there and finding enemies or we actually do not know because well, no, there's we, not we have been... no idea. Any contact, right? When no did the contact, contact stop? Ooh, uh, I would say first year of the war. Yep. Maybe, maybe second year. I don't I don't have exact details, but... You know, there, there were security forces. There were clearly monsters on the island. They said there was a lot of elemental activity. Makes sense for a new land being risen up from the sea. You know how the, the four elemental planes all come together to make the world. Um, so I think when you're, you're building an island... Uh, you know, you're probably drawing from those elemental planes. So it could just be monsters have overrun the area. Maybe um, maybe Santa Barbara has actually been fully walled off. You know, we've got these islands out front. He points to the four islands, calls them by their names, San Miguel, San Rosa, Santa Cruz, Santa Capa. Uh, you know, maybe this this island chain actually finished and connected with the, the area and Santa Barbara is now just like in the middle of a landlocked place and you can't get ships there. Um... Maybe there, there's mystery and scum who've made their way there. You know, we haven't rounded up every last mystery and officer who fought against us. It's didn't have a great record keeping. So, um, who knows? Could be anything. I be see. prepared for danger, but it might be a cakewalk. And if I try to contact anybody from there, would that be you? Well, let's talk about that. We're going to be sending you with, um, Two, deta- uh, two spears of soldiers, like we talked before. You're going to have your friend... What was her name? Like, Wilsa? Will... Willa. Wilba, yeah, that's it. Willa. Willa, name sorry. Is Willa. Willa. Um, she'll be coming with you as well. Uh, we could not find a cleric, unfortunately. They're in very short supply these days. But we did find Vincent Mapper. Uh, he's actually outside. I'll, I'll get him in just a moment. He is a wizard hailing from 
uh, with Renta, the capital city. His family has a little cartography store. They are fantastic at making maps. He's a, a very nice gentleman. I had a, a short chat with him earlier. Uh, and he, wouldn't you know it, he's also skilled in healing and herbalism. So no cleric, but still a doctor. And it's none of my business. I know he's a little bit out of your social class, um, but he's a doctor. Hmm? What, what does that have to do with the social class? Well, I'm just saying, you know, you can't, no one can stay single forever. It's, it's nice to doctor. Hmm? You're right. You shouldn't. No one subordinates, it, and I'm from a lower social class. I, these things don't really matter to me. Lord Richard, uh, I think if we could stick to you know to the planning, I would very much appreciate it. My mistake. I, I you know, I'm not from nobility. Some of these binaries of social things are lost on me sometimes. My people wouldn't wouldn't blink at something like that. My, my apologies. My apologies. Um, but you'll have you'll have Vincent Mapper along, uh, and we're also giving you um, a scout. Uh, her name is Crumpet. She's a lovely little halfling from. To be honest, I, I can't actually remember some backwater town somewhere, um, and she's well, like halfling, small, nimble, quick, um, and good on her feet. Maybe, you know, a little slow because she's got short legs, but she's, um, she'll serve you very well in terms of, you know, finding things, um, or you have to deploy a Wait. whole bunch of people. Okay. Did you say her name is Crumpet? Yes. I think she prefers to go by Crumb, though. You know, halflings, right. they all have food or farming related names. I knew a, a halfling named Turnup once and, uh, another one named Leek. There's a guy named Chives for a while. I I haven't met many halflings working for the Jerkissian army in that sense. There are not a lot. They're um generally a peaceful people and not too eager to get their hands dirty. I mean with with dirt, actual dirt, they love it, but um you know, blood. You mean blood. No, I mean dirt. Like they normally they're the great farmers. But you know yes, halflings, they... they're, they're a descendant from dwarves by way of Seor. Uh, so they, they all have that little bit of, you know, a little streak of, what do you call it? Excitement and desire to do things and, and build things and make things and change the world to fit their needs. Something like 10% of all halflings have this uh, propensity to go out and shake up the world while the rest of them like to stay at home. Anyway, um, if well, you don't have any questions, uh, I'd like to bring in your new assistants, your your staff. No, I didn't. I don't think I have any questions right now. Oh, I mean, no, you really were asking about making contact. Right? Sorry, I got distracted. Yes. Um, right. So, in addition to these two new assistants and your two spears of soldiers, we're going to be sending you with um, the same ship, the Wind Speed. Uh, only this time, they're not just dropping you off and leaving. Um, you're gonna have that ship with you for as long as you need. Santa Barbara's pretty far away. Uh, we don't know what's gonna be going on. You might have to leave in a hurry. This isn't the sort of thing where we feel comfortable just leaving you, crossing our fingers and hoping you show up again. After all, we lost contact with this region. So the wind speed so and its like crew, not like last time. 
Uh, the wind speed and this crew are under your command. You should do with them as you see fit. Uh, this is a valuable asset. The, <laughs> the insurance on doing this with the ship is expensive, so don't lose it. Um, the ship is hugely expensive and we cannot afford to replace it at this point in time. So do not lose or break or destroy the ship. Okay? I do not intend to. But you understand it's a, an extremely expensive asset. Like, no, people aren't expendable. But the ship is irreplaceable. You understand? Loud and clear, Lord Richard. Loud and clear. Thank you. Let me go get our your um your assistants, your subordinates, and uh, he'll get up from his spot, walk to the other side of the room, open the door, and and the other room. It's just like a, a hallway with a couple of soft chairs, uh, and there are Crumpet and Vincent. And so before we we bring the two of you into the room. I'd like to do just a moment with the two of you you haven't met before. You've both independently talked with this Richard guy who's organized you for this, and he's given you, you know, a talking to about what your purpose is. Um, and the two of you are, are seated in this hallway. It's kind of dark. You know, the only light is coming from an open window at the far end. There's no actual, like, you know, electric lights in the house, and oils, uh, torches, and lanterns, and oil lamps are all sort of expensive to operate, and they produce a lot of smoke, so it's just sort of a, a dim hallway with comfortable seats, and the two of you can hear the murmur-murmur-murmur-murmur coming through the, the door. Um, what would the two of you be discussing, if anything, between you two uh, while you wait? Or is it just, like, silence because you, you don't know each other? Um, I I would introduce myself. Hmm. Crumpet. Crumpet, uh, Vincent. Nice to I meet you. I go by Crumb. Crumb. Very good. Yes. Uh, nice to meet you. You look like a very nimble fella. Yes. Tuffling. Hmm. What do you do? Well, I am a... I run a map store by trade, but I've recently developed some magical skills. Developed? Developed. How you uh, I went to wizard school here in Drakus, uh, <laughs> and they scouted me out because of the war. But fortunately, I graduated just before, or just after the war ended. Very nice. You got maps on you? Yeah, a bunch. I reach into my backpack. Uh, it doesn't carry much stuff. It's just a lot of parchment and uh, quill and ink. How much do these go for? <laughs> Some amount of gold. Well, why do you ask? Very valuable. They are okay. very valuable. They're my dear working tools. Yeah. One of a kind? I could get more. You make them or get them? Uh, we don't make our own paper, but we do get them from local supply. Very nice. Thanks. Pat him on the shoulder. As high up as I can reach. Nice talking to yeah. you, fellow. I hope we work together well. Uh, I have some spells that may be able to bring out your maximum combat potential if we ever get into that. You like to kill. 
No, I hate it. Hate it. But uh, you can do the killing. I'll help. I see. It'll be all right, good fella. You'll be okay. P please protect me. I will. I pat him on his shoulders. Oh, I'll thank you. Fella. I go and I sit and I sit on the chair and my legs are small, so they're just dangling and I'm watching them go. After silence for a little bit longer, the door opens and Richard steps in and says, uh, I'd like you to meet the uh, leader of this expedition. Um, would you please come on in? And they're sitting at a table or sitting on a comfy chair with just like a little coffee table in the middle of the room is Elaine Pentelin, who, what do you look like, Elaine? Um, well, Elaine is quite, quite tall. She's 5'9", uh, uh, which is, you know, pretty, pretty impressive. Um, she's wearing uh, black armor. I don't think she has, uh, you know, she's not wearing her weapons currently because we're uh, probably here in an official function. But uh, she has a very serious expression. Um, you can tell from her features that she's probably not just human. You know, she is she is a half-elf, but she does keep her, her ears hidden with a very long braid. She has um, red hair uh, that, you know, is, is pretty... Not not obvious, but it's it's a it's a very prevalent feature that you would immediately notice. Um, otherwise, she seems like a pretty healthy and very strong person. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. Yeah, uh, he'll point and say, "This is Kel Elaine Pentelin. Um, Yes, that Pentelin from that Pentelin family." And she will be leading the expedition to Santa Barbara and to Ethos. And um, she'll be in charge of everything. Elaine, I'd like to introduce you to Vincent Mapper. <clears throat> and yes, I, I uh, step forward and I do a bow. Greetings, Elaine. It is my honor to serve a renowned paladin such as yourself. Uh, I'm Vincent Mapper. <laughs> my skills and spells are at your service. All right. Um... Vincent, I give him a nod and I say, um, I'm, I'm very flattered. I'm not a paladin. I'm a mere fighter, but I appreciate the, uh, the warm welcome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is Crumpet. I look up at her and go to shake her hand. I'm Carl. Nice to meet you. I will... I will shake her hand, and for a second I will think about what's the proper etiquette to talk to halflings? Is it like, if you bow down, so you're like face to face, or is it you talk like from above down? What's the correct, how you do you handle You just stand like a usually? normal person and you, you just right. talk to them and they look up and you look down. Yes, um, so Elaine has a very, she has a, she has a very firm handshake, you know, and she'll, she'll look at you and I'll say, uh... You kind of shake my body a little <laughs> Like, she'd be like, yeah, it's, um, it's good to have you on board. I haven't, I haven't fought, um, with any halflings in my spear mm. so far, but I heard you're capable. Yes, most halflings like to, mm, garden and bake. Not like me. All right. Pleasure um. to have you on board, then. Thank you. 
And this is a great opportunity to also introduce what Vincent and Crumpet look like. Oh. Crumpet, why, like don't you, do that? why don't you start us off? What what do you look like? I am I am small. Wait, I, we did we decided on a height. I think I'm like two foot eight. Um, your character just... sh sheet says three two, but you can be two eight if you want. Oh Either yeah, no, way. I'll, I'll be three two. How do you see this? I don't see this. Bio and info height is like empty section. for me. There should no no it's Actions not bio and it's just on character and sheet. Oh yeah, I'm two. Very oh yeah, top. I'm three two. I'm fifty five pounds. I'm small. Um, mm -hmm. I'm wearing like a little brown cloak. I have black hair that's like intricately in this little braid on my head. Um, so that it doesn't get in my way. Sorry, I have a purple cloak, and I'm wearing all purple garb, and I've got a little, like, bow and arrow just tucked into my, like, the halter belt thing, and then I got two, two short swords there as well. You can see that there's, like, bulk underneath the coat. Um, and, yeah, I'm just, I'm just small, and nice-looking. Nice. I don't look mean. I look nice. Why would you look mean? I don't. I'm just. I'm just specifying that I'm unassuming. Just, I feel like a lot of rogues pull up. They're in all black. They look angry. Mm. They look like quiet, forlorn. I'm just a little gal. Just I also look quite young. Mm. Yeah, I'm um 28 in halfling years. But halflings live a lot longer and they age like slower. So I probably look like I don't know what twenty divided by two is. I don't do math, but Well, you said if you're twenty eight in halfling, that's like twenty four in human, twenty two in human. Yeah. 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 Look quite young. Quite young. All right. And what about you, mm -hmm. Vincent? What do you look like? I am dressed not as your uh, what might immediately come to mind as a wizard uh, with those robes and whatnot. I'm instead dressed in fancy clothes. Uh, I am trying to dress for the part of a noble mm. uh, here to impress. And at my belt, I've got a book. It's uh, clearly a wizard book as well as some darts on the other side. Um, clearly carrying some I'm traveling light. Okay. Well, oh, and I forgot to mention I'm a youngish, about 30-ish, six-foot human. Okay. So you're, you you're sort of towering over the rest of the party. Good question. Yes, I have uh, great uh, brown hair. It's nice flowing type. Cool. All right. Wait, okay. you're six, what, six two? Six foot. Oh, That's my God. Towering. I'm five nine. What are you talking about? It's just... That's three inches. Yeah, it's not that much. I was expecting Elaine to be taller than me based on your description. <laughs> That's crazy. You guys are mm -hmm. tall. All right. Yeah, he's like two crumpets stacked on top of each other. <laughs> Fuck. Mm -hmm. Two crumpets in a trench coat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So. Uh, Richard puts his hands together and motions for everyone to have a seat. Uh, so everybody, I think this is a great opportunity to do some icebreakers and get everyone to know one another. Um, <laughs> you're going to be working together for a long time. Elaine's clearly in charge, but um, this is, a, this is a, a team effort that we're doing here. 
he yes. says. And then he considers Elaine's character sheet and why her HP is not up. Because you used chapter one, Elaine. As no, two because tokens, the... you used the wrong. No, the token's right, but the, the fields are okay. not right. But yes, there we go. 42 HP on Elaine. That makes more sense. Okay. <clears throat> so he looks around at the assembled people and goes, um, why don't we all share a um, little detail about ourselves so we can all get to know each other? Um, I, I really would like to see this expedition succeed. And in my experience setting things up, the, the largest factor in determining success or failure of such a, a project, such a mission, is that um, there's not enough trust in people who have only met for the first time and are suddenly thrust into danger. You know, legions always fight better. <clears throat> uh, armies always fight better after they've been integrated together and, and work side by side. But when they're brand new to each other, there's not the same level of... Um, trust and cooperation. So, uh, Crumpet, you're a friendly fellow. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you come from, a, a personal detail about your life that might help endear you to the rest of the party? Uh, my name's Crumpet. I uh, go by Crump. Uh, I have uh, 12 or 14 brothers and sisters, she thinks. Think 14. Uh, That's come a from lot. a big family. Yes. Ran away on a cart once, uh, with the rogue, learned a lot, uh, quite good at, well, you'll find out. Uh, <laughs> That's a great story, come Crumpet. From, um, come uh, from some... a wheat family, they like to bake with, they like to bake, I can bake, okay. Uh, huh. uh, yes. That's, that's a, a great Great story. Wow, 12 to 14 siblings. That's a that's a lot. Do you remember all their names? Yes, well, there's um, Abel. Uh, th well, no, there's Apple. There's uh, Flower. There's uh, that's, that, that's a wow. That's a lot there's, of brothers and sisters. Um, you didn't let me finish. We, we only have so much time. There's pastry. There's I, I, cookie. There's crumble. There's, well, you get the message. Yeah, there's a lot of you. Um, Mr. Mapper, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? An endearing story that might, you know, help your your patriots here get to know you a little bit better on a personal level. Yes. Well, now that I have gotten the information that you're not a paladin, I suppose I will drop the airs slightly and uh, say that I have always tried to act a bit above um, to be a little bit more noble than my background, uh, my upbringing would have me. I was, but just a humble commoner uh, at one point, but our family slowly built ourselves up, uh, making the finest maps. And we've been doing a lot of business because the, the borders of Drakus have certainly changed quite a lot in recent times. Mm-hmm. Man after my own heart. You know, my family too was born as just a simple merchant, and boy, have I come a long way. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll do great for your family in due time. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm very excited to be out journeying, journeying as a wizard now. Excellent. And Elaine, could you tell us a, a fun story from your history that could endear you to the rest of you? The, the, the crew a fun 
you know, an, an endearing detail Sorry. about your life. Maybe, maybe there aren't any fun stories, but, um... Right. Well, if you are on my side, then I will fight for you. And you will have my sword and my shield, and you shall not be afraid. And if you ever find yourself on the other side... I'm sorry, was that too serious, Sir Richard? I, I can't bake, really, and there's not... I'm not very good at this, I apologize. Do you have any siblings? Elaine pauses. Siblings, like the, the brothers, sisters, come out of your mother. Um, yes. yes. There's an uncomfortable silence for a little while, I think. Uh, and before Richard goes, well, you know, maybe the sorts of introductions that, that work for my people don't work for your people. Um, you know, Elaine, this is, this is your show at this point. Uh, the wind speed is down in the harbor, getting supplies ready. There's two Spear of Soldier there. Willa's already taking care of it all. Um, the, the last detail is how we want to supply the ship. Um, we can bring food for the ship of the, the crew of the ship, the three of you. Oh, and Vincent, your, your bodyguard, of course. Um, and the... He gets a bodyguard! He's got a bodyguard, yeah. Uh, and the, the... 18 sol- no, uh, 8 to 16 soldiers, um, but, you know, that's a lot of food, it's gonna have to stay on the ship, um, I just wanna be- have a, a quick chat about resource management, um, the ship can transport your stuff wherever you want, or they can dump it off and you can build a fort like last time, uh, but, you know, it's a- it's a valuable asset, that ship, and- and the- the supplies therein, um, 60 days is what we were thinking to supply the ship with, but that does mean that there's not going to be room for horses or siege equipment or lots of building tools. And at least on your way to the outpost, it's going to be very cramped. Um, it's not but a you know, week journey or so, week and a half maybe. 60 days of food enough? It sounds, it sounds fine to me. I mean, from what you've told me before, it seems like there's plenty of food on that island and the weather's good enough to uh, harvest something from there. Uh, God's willing, so, if that yeah. outpost is still standing, there should be plenty of food and supplies there. We just, we don't want anyone to starve. Well, if it's not standing, then there are fewer people there to feed, you know. True. Well. We're taking the food there to give to them. No, 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 we're taking it for us. Like, either they oh. have food because they are stable or they are dead and then they don't need food, you know. Oh, yes. So practical. Um, so, Vincent will, not Vincent, um, uh, Richard will get up. He'll motion everyone out to the door a little awkwardly. Tell you that their ship is down in the harbor waiting for you. And, uh, hurry you all out. Uh, Lord Richard, can I ask you one more question? Of course! You know, back when we met the Empress at the castle? Yes. I feel like in that moment I was a little bit at a disadvantage, but I didn't quite recognize that foreign lady that was with us on that table. She seemed the... to have great opinions about Drek's expansion, and I felt like 
if she was truly important, I should have probably introduced myself. <laughs> well, that that was no lady, uh, Elaine, uh, Kel Elaine. That that was the the human form of the golden dragon known as Shine that serves the McGarry family out of Mistria now, formerly of uh, on Renta. You know, the the queen's nephew. You mean that was a dragon? In human form, polymorphed dragon. Yep. Yep. I I didn't feel afraid though. She didn't seem scary. Well, they do have a frightful presence. I've been told that dragons do exude a certain amount of fear, but apparently not so much in human form. Or maybe it's a thing they turn off and on. I I don't. I'm a merchant and I'm a a doer of things and a, a shaper of peoples. But uh, to be honest, I don't know anything about dragons or war or uh, or any of that nonsense. All right. Well, and she's now in Mystria, you say? The relationship between the gold dragon and the queen's nephew who runs the, the kingdom of Mystria is uh, an interesting one. As I understand the... The dragon swore to serve the family for something like three generations and now does that. Acts as advisor and counsel and uh, warrior if need be. But, oh, you know, that she's is not quite, like any servant I've seen. So That is quite impressive. I uh, will keep that in mind if I should ever see her again. That is incredible. Yep, yep. If only we could have her place... for this. Hmm? Sorry, is this the place where there's good avocados? In this town? Not this town, but the town you're going to. Ah. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Important detail. Yes, our, our mission is of the utmost importance. We must get the avocados I care back. the avocado. <laughs> it's been too long since I've had a good avocado. Right? Right? It's just... I, I thought something like that might help motivate you all. Excellent. Uh, well, on to the ship. Goodbye, everybody. I, I hope to see you in a month or two or three or however long it takes to get the job done. I, I'm sure you have the full faith of quick. the Empire. Thank you. We'll be It'll in be touch. Quick. Excellent. Um, and this is a, a great opportunity because we briefly mentioned it. Your bodyguard, uh, Trump, tell me a little bit about them. Hmm. Um... Let's see, I'll have him be the good old tough, large, strong, silent type. Mm. Um, it's the type who follows orders, doesn't really question things. Uh, where did this bodyguard come from? Is this your like personal bodyguard that you that guards your shop with you? Um, what's the where are they new or they've been in your employee long? I'd say probably new, maybe specifically for this mission or right after mm. I graduated from wizard school due to the specific type of wizard. I am a type that enhances other people, mm. uh, mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense to partner me up with a tough warrior guy. Excellent. Um, so then it wouldn't be a stretch to say that this person's job is to keep you safe. And so they're not necessarily someone that you would like send away from you to go and do things. Like if there's a battle, 
and like there's a front line and you're sort of behind the front line they might not necessarily wade into it they'd be like sticking near you to keep you safe or is this the person that you just slap some spells on and and run off and axe as like the the your right arm i'd say that side he's like um he's my combat ability so to say so I'll, the usual way to do it is i debuff him and then he'd go do whatever uh feels like must uh most helps the group Got have you it. done that with him before or would this be your first time doing this with him mm, we've question. trained together but i don't no. think we've done any major battles together oh his first time okay um and then... does does that you know meat shield have a name or <laughs> Let me roll one up. Probably. Uh, Let's this would see. be a great time to also roll some stats for them. That'll be great. His name is Vordren. Now we'll Vordren. take it. With V? Yeah, V-O-R-D-R-E-N. Okay, right. no. Uh, so then let's just roll some... Why don't you roll me 4D6, D1, and we'll assign some stats to Vordren. And while you're doing so, uh, sword and shield fighter? Or two-handed yeah, weapon? Sense. Okay. sword and shield. Did you say 4D6, D1? Like... Yes. Okay. Uh, is there a command to do it multiple times? Uh, if you just hit up, it'll pull the last command that you gave. Ooh! Oh! That's that's fantastic! Uh, one more, Great. please. For the perception stat, 12. Excellent. So, we're just gonna sign this. We've got um la 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 strength dex con let's do strength dex con int will charisma perception so uh, lots of hp decent strength um wow if it's straight down the line that was a really good meat shield roll <laughs> yes. like we're going to put them at a lower level than the rest of the party because that makes sense. Uh, they're going to be... Willa is third level and they're going to be sort of in charge of the other henchmen, of the, the other hirelings. So let's put this meat shield at um, second level. Uh, and would you roll me 2d10 plus 6 for their HP? But the first d10 must be at least a 5. Perfect. Oh, nuts. And the second one. 15 Ooh. and 6 is 21 hit points. Excellent. Nice. Okay, I will fill out the rest of these details while we get everything ready. Um, so party, you can head on down to the boat. You can see Willa is there with 15 other people. Uh, Elaine, what was your makeup of spears and bows that you wanted? Do you want all bows, all spears, half of each? I think uh, half of each is fine. The, the uh, bowman did so well last time that, you know, I, I want at least half of them again. Yep, I guess good time to mention that... Uh... 
What's his name? Vordren. Vordren uh, does have a bow as well, uh, as a little <laughs> sword and shield. And he's also in charge of carrying my stuff because I am uh, noticeably weak. Mm. Excellent. I do have a slingshot. So. Range. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, shield is going to be three here as well. They've got an arming sword. 1.5 attacks, plus one to hit, plus two to damage. Piercing, slashing, speed five. Excellent. Another plus one over here. And you said a longbow. 1d6, I think it's 100, 150, 270 yards, something like that. 200 yards. Piercing speed for... Uh, all right. And a token for them. So, down at the bow. Party's getting together. You see all these people together. You see the captain of the wind speed down there directing things. They don't have time to chat for you with you right now. You can catch them in a little bit if you want. Um, is there anything else, any final last minute preparations you're going to be leaving in, you know, not, not tomorrow, but the day after, um, I assumed Elaine had this already, but, uh, you have the letters of introduction for the outpost for us, right? You mean my sword? I do have my sword with me. Yes. The, uh, the official documents that say we're the party here to. Help the outpost. Is there such a thing as an official document? Do you like think I, do, do I not look official enough to you? Oh, well, maybe they don't know who you are if they haven't talked to us. Well, first of all, if they know anything about Drekkers, then they should know who my family is. And secondly, we would be a very weird pirate crew coming in with people. You know, like a Trakissian army. I think there's a clear di clear difference between us and some scoundrels. I'd like to make a bureaucracy check to see if we need one of these. <laughs> Do yes. we need the paperwork? He has the bureaucracy proficiency, which makes him Me clearly... Me <laughs> Really? Wow. Oh my goodness. That's like two points down the drain. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I will never financially recover from this. You, you make me... skill? <laughs> I had the bureaucracy right. skill, yes. Very impressive. I, I, I didn't you know this was it. a mercantile campaign, but I'm totally down for that. You know, are we spreadsheeting? What's happening? Well, no, because apparently you can, like, like fuck with people by going through bureaucracy and make things harder for them. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm does. very bureaucratic. You can get, like, papers lost or, like, put in a request that, like, fucks with the system. They're made. It's quite, quite good. We go. I forgot to add your things. So you got prestidigitation. Easiest word to say in the world, I swear. You also have reading lips, which is fantastic. Yes, I do. Bureaucracy. Now, I didn't think anyone else would take that. Who would? Who would? Triloquism <laughs> yeah. and set snares. Excellent. Um, I notice you don't have reading and writing. Does that mean you can read lips and you know how paperwork works, but you can't actually read the paperwork? 
Wait, you have to have a proficiency of reading and writing in order to yeah. read and write. Yeah, that, that's why there's the reading and writing proficiency on the list. That's rough. Good time to switch it. out of bureaucracy. There's time to switch, yeah. If you want to switch out one of these other things for, for literacy, that's fine. Yeah, I think I'll go... I think I'll switch out bureaucracy, seeing as someone has it. And maybe okay. I'll just know how to read and write. Okay. That would be... That would be... It's not necessarily needed. Most people survive without literacy. It's fine. I would Most just have to trust it. Like, is that the paper? Is that the one? Yes. Well, well you can you could know how to navigate like the system without knowing what the things say. Maybe it's fine. Liter uh -huh. Literacy is great. It's a great tool. Um, fantastic. I will just be literate. That's wonderful. Wonderful. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then this is Trump's character over here. Uh, so where were we? We were saying one bureaucracy, two bureaucracy. Awesome bureaucracy check to see right. if we needed papers. Yes, uh, go ahead and make me a. You did make me a bureaucracy check. It's a seventeen. It's kind of a crap check. Um, so you're looking at that, and you know, technically, the the knight's word should be enough for anyone that matters the paperwork is nice it adds legitimacy but if you trust the knight then really the knight just her word is law technically in this situation um and the paperwork i mean yes it would be helpful but like with the 17 if people follow the law then the paperwork is redundant. Yeah, we've got a few days. I'll ask Richard for the paperwork anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah, he can draft up some paperwork that says um, this expedition led by Elaine Pentelin with honored uh, support staff of Vincent Mapper, Crum, um, uh, what's his name? Vordant and Willa is hereby empowered to protect, oversee, and administer the lands of Santa Barbara until such fourth time as they have been relieved or until um, one year has passed. Any and all good loyal citizens of Drekus should by abide by their orders, commands, and do all that they can to assist them in their adventures and their journeys. Long live Queen Wick. Empress Wick. <clears throat> Yep. I turned the party it crossed in. out. It says Empress next. Someone has to rewrite it. Ooh. Someone someone made a typo and a, a righto, and uh, now they have to redo it. I turned to the party. I pat the paperwork. I said, you never know. This paper might be worth 1,000 times its weight in gold. True. That's true. Well. As we're here making our last minute preparations, why don't we go to our first break and we'll come back on the other side with a little bit more Rise of Drekus and our voyage to Outpost Santa Barbara and the Jungle of Death on the island of Ethos. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rise of Drekus Chapter 2, Outpost on the Frontier. Certainly not talking about the frontier of our hearts and souls, though. We're just talking about this place well over here, away from everything else. Um, <clears throat> so, 
we've gotten some legitimate papers that make it sound like uh, you have got reason to be here in case people don't believe Elaine. We've got our bodyguard. We're about to set sail. There's just one last detail that we have overlooked, and that is um, Willa from Chapter 1 needs some new hit points. Her character sheet has been otherwise updated with bonuses to hit and damage and saving throws, and she's also been given a weapon fighting style of one-handed fighting, so if she's ever you know, having to pull out her short sword, she has an additional plus one to her AC. But she does need an additional D10 plus zero for hit points to add to her 18 HP. All right, let's roll it. One uh, d ten. Who is Willa? One. Willa is the non-commissioned officer who is in charge mm. of the these sixteen people. These like miscellaneous low-level infantry who are joining you as like the uh, oh. the fighters. You know, it's not just the three of you. It's the three of you plus Willa plus uh, Vorden, and then fifteen just like ordinary soldiers. Is this uh, plus a ship crew as well, or are they also the ship crew? Plus the ship crew, but they're non-fighters. They just stay on the ship. Um, they have no combat ability. So we will generally ignore them. Um, cool. Hopefully. All right. 1d10 plus 1? 1d10 plus 0. Oh, damn. Well, I tried. Okay, 1d10. Oh. 7. Solid. Actual Solid. HP. 25. Okay. 25 hit points she for has the Willa. Very good, Willa. Well done, girl. Proud of you. Doing okay. She might make it through this one alive. Don't threaten um, me, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> she has 15 AC when using her bow, but when she pulls out her short sword, she has 16 AC. But since she's primarily a bow fighter, we're going to leave her little uh, shield as... Uh, just 15. My right. token is 31 HP again now. Yeah, this is, it just needs to be reapplied. There we go. I need there you to pay go. attention to this because I'm going to miss it at some point and this man <laughs> will kill me for it. So it's please. fine. <laughs> it's been fixed. Now, every time we draw your token onto the screen, it'll always have the correct one. Oh, there's so many of me. Yeah. You're tanky. Yes, I am health. You're All right. healthful. Well, any last things before we set out on this grand, easy adventure to an island paradise? Oh, um, do you recover spells every day? Every day that you get um, a full, proper rest, you can re you can memorize spells the next morning. Each spell takes 10 minutes per spell level to memorize, and you have to pick them uh, specifically in advance. It's not like 5e where you've got spell slots and you can cast anything on your list. Uh, you decide in the morning, I'm going to memorize, you know, burning hands and magic missile and hypnotism. Oh, you have to specify the exact number that you memorize. Is that Yes, the exact number of spells and which, yes, yes, all of the details. 2E spells oh, are very wow, okay. powerful, but their limit on that power is, uh, is that you have to pick them carefully in advance. Mixed Wizards, very tactical. And you are a fourth level wizard? Yeah. Um, so you can memorize four first level spells and three second level spells, plus an additional of each one that is of your specialization. Uh, and as a transmuter, that would be any alteration spells. Um, I've already added the plus one. Are you sure it's not three and two? It's four and three? 
Uh, you're level four. It is three and two. I am illiterate. You are already on top of everything. Cool. Okay. All right. Just as a... Uh, while we're here in town, we have a nice day of rest ahead of us. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it would be good for the party to know what this feels like. So I will cast my trademark spells on Elaine first. Ooh. What are Don't your you trademark feel about spells? It? Getting yes. ready to get on the boat, getting spelled immediately. The day before uh, right. we're going on this boat trip, I'll say, Elaine, we should know how to fight together. So... Why don't you try uh, testing out what it feels like to be under the effect of these spells? Uh, I look to you for basically a nod to cast the spells on you. Is it, I, I assume we're on some, like, you know, we're doing some exercise somewhere. So we're somewhere where I can hit a dummy or a barrel or something. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead. I'll say. I've, I have zero experience with magic. Like, uh, that's, uh, the magic has not been a, uh, a, an item in my last mission, so it's not like I know an awful lot about having cast spells on myself. Wow, so did you have no, uh, no magic users during your last mission at all? No. Well, let me show you the power of a transmuter. Uh, no. so, I will cast strength on you. First, this is a long-duration spell. Um, let me see. Do you want me to do the rolling, or shall the shall Elaine do the rolling for this? Of how much strength she gets? Oh, I think the wizard who casts a spell gets to roll for the the additional strength. All right, very good. So, as a fighter, she gains D eight strength, which in this case is three, which will bring Elaine from sixteen to seventeen to. 18 to 18-10 strength temporarily. Yes, uh, this I can, I'll, I'll instruct, this I can cast on you fairly early on before combat because it lasts multiple hours. Uh, so you will be, you'll feel much stronger for a while. Uh, and then when we get into the heat of battle, uh, you think that I might be taller than you now, but wait until this. Then I cast Enlarge on you. On me? Okay. <laughs> and Elaine will grow by 40%. Going oh my from... Goodness. Oh my god. 5'9", did you say? Yeah. Uh, 5 times 12 plus 9 times 1.4... Divided by 12. You are now 8 feet tall, Elaine. You and your oh equipment... My begin to rise and grow and expand and fill out in all the best ways. And soon you are an eight foot giant. You will do an additional 40% damage. And with that strength spell, you already have plus one to hit and plus two to damage from the increased strength. So now you are a hulking mass of steel and death. <laughs> all right, I'll, look, I'll look at him and I'll say, um, I thought you wanted me to show paperwork. I'm not sure I'm still going to need that if I show up like this. Oh, well, we should save these for uh, when we're not trying to impress people, uh, but we're actually in combat. Okay. Well, you know, maybe space no them out a little bit. This is yeah. kind of this is kind of scary to be honest. 
I have no doubt that uh, this would also work to show everyone who's in charge. That is uh, very impressive. Thank you. Uh, these spells are at your service, of course. Um, if we're at it, there's uh, one thing I think I should probably mention. Yes? I'm a half-elf. Great. So, any relationship you seek to form with me should be purely professional. Sure. Can can half-elves not have sex? I'm confused. I don't know how this works. Well, if I understood um, our friend here correctly, then he does have ambitions to rise up in the ranks, and I don't think that's going to be possible. He wants to... Anyways... He wants to, to the top. <laughs> Wait, but why does it matter that you're a half-elf? I am a little can... flustered. No, no, you have me all wrong. <laughs> Wait, can half-elves not be outside of their race? Why not? I'll put I'll put a I'll put a hand on her shoulder and I'll I'll sign I'll say um it's um you should ask just ask somebody else about it <laughs> and I'll pat her shoulder and I'll walk, away, I'll walk away into the distance eight feet tall you know I'm just why can't you date them do you want to date them. Out of out of character, half elves can't have children at all. Yep. Oh. Yep. In at pearl. all. That's so sad. Yes. Full elves can. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But half elves, like and you know, a horse do. and a donkey make a mule, and the mule can't have kids. Uh, or when they do have kids, it's a sign of a, a great and impending doom and terror. Old histories have mm-hmm. like prophecies of like when the mule bears a calf, you know the end times are here. So it's super rare. Uh, but same thing mules with half elves. What in the world? Mules cannot have children. Nope, they are sterile creatures. In yeah, now you know. Yep. Wow. Interesting. But I would hope that she would think that someone could fall in love with her without wanting to bear a child. We could well, maybe you it. should tell her sometime. You know, not for a yeah. session, but I'm not to talk about. It. Okay. Well, it sounds like, uh, were there any other spells you wanted to cast, Vincent? All right. Time for the party to set out on the voyage. Now, we're we're starting in the south of Drekus, south of Arcadia. We're going to have to sail around Arcadia. Uh, We're going to go to the east. We don't want to go to the west. Akuba is out to the west. We'd have to pass by their coastlines. And while Drekus is the big badass empire, and they don't really fear anyone, there's a lot of bad blood with Akuba. They've just had their own civil war. No one's really sure who's running the place and what their disposition is. Is true? They have a half-elven queen. Yes, yes, they've got a, you know, I think it's a human king and a half-elven queen, but, like, their personality types are sort of unknown. Yeah. Yep. She's not gonna have hairs. Yeah. It's a problem. <laughs> right. Oh, but they, they they you know, it's an old enemy. And so after their war, they're feeling a little spicy, they're feeling a little prickly, they might not be able to 
uh, help themselves and might attack passing ships. So we're, we're going to sail east. We're going to sail around Eridon. We're going to go north and we're going to find this island of Ethos and this outpost of Santa Barbara. And it's going to be a great journey. We just need one person to roll us uh, a 1d20 to see how it goes. I have a, a small little table check, here. It's just a small little table of um, well, things that could go wrong. Uh, you're just starting off by trying to fuck us already. All right, Faith. As party no. leader, I nominate you. Pichachu. No. Hopefully not. You are having Pichachu. Yeah. Yeah, I want Why? the fate of these people to rest in your hands, Peach. I is want the fate of the mission. Is high good or is low good? Um, high is good. Don't roll a one, whatever you do. But the slash before oh. you roll. Yeah. I meant to do that. I bet. That looks correct. That looks like a successful roll. You've rolled a six. Thank and that's you. fine. Good. Six is fine. I told you it would be fine, right? Not even turbulence, just like a smooth sail. You know, there's some high seas at some point. There's some wind. Someone might have gotten a little seasick. It's not a big deal. No supplies are damaged. Nothing goes terribly wrong. There's no sirens that call people to their deaths. There's no shipwrecks. Um, but the party Good. is together with all the people on the ship um, setting out to this new land. And it's Good. a nice little journey. And during the journey, you get to talk with the captain of the wind speed. A person whose name I will tell you as soon as my note-making document decides it wants to finish launching, which is any moment now. Ah, here we go. Uh, unless Elaine member remembers the name of the captain of the ship from Cornelius. the last thing. No. Uh, captain Yishun. A human male, a tall guy. He's like 6'5", and he's super skinny. He's like, you know... Uh, I spend all my time on the ocean and I never eat good food, skinny. Um, and mm. he's got like an extravagant lifestyle with bright colors and, you know, lots of rings and earrings and uh, golden teeth and whatnot. And Captain Yishin will be walking around on the deck with you guys as you're all setting sail for this lovely coastal town over here. Do we even have nicer coastal? No, this is perfect. Um, and he'll take a look at the party. Um, and he'll gather the, the three of you, the leads together. And he'll, he'll bring along, I guess, the bodyguard and Willa. And he'll say to you all, so uh, we're headed to Santa Barbara. We're headed to Ethos. And my ship is going to be under your command while we're out here. So tell me, how would you like this to work? I can sit back and just take you from place to place. I can sit out in the water and wait for a signal. Um, we could be hopping round. We could we could check out the whole island. Uh, I'm at your service. I'm at your disposal. What what do you want from me? First of all, I think it would help if you would unroll the map so we can read the numbers at the bottom. It seems to be stuck in the middle. Oh, right. And he will unroll the map. Is this what you meant? I meant that the people can't see the dice rolls because they were stuck somewhere up there. Ah, I see. Gotcha. It's okay. Um, I think it would be prudent to um, 
you know, anchor somewhere at the shore, not straight at the outpost, so we can approach it and have a look at it. By yes. foot. I don't think you need to stay on the water for that. Um, Captain, do you know how safe these lands were uh, before we lost contact? What I hear is that the dangers of the lands were on the land, that there were monsters crawling over them, elementals coming out of the very earth, a river that repulsed people with magic that could not be traveled over, um, strange diminutive little jungle monsters, uh, and that sort of thing. I don't know how much of it is actually true, but that's what I was told. I, I also believe that the seas are fairly safe and we need not worry about being at sea. That's well, good. It's possible that you'll be just fine docked at Santa Barbara if the outpost is still fine then. Mm-hmm. I uh, well, looked at the map. You mentioned a river? I don't see a river on this map. Ah, yes. Uh, I do believe they called it... Um, oh... God, how am I forgetting all of my hometown lore? For those of you that don't know, Santa Barbara is based off of my hometown, Santa Barbara. Um, it's at Real World in California. Uh, uh, and I didn't write these things down on the map because I know all these landmarks by heart. But this this pass right here, uh, to the north, well, actually to the west of Santa Barbara, the, along the mountains, there's a small pass that leads between the mountains into the avocado jungle of death, as they call it. Uh, and it's called, it starts with a G or something, and there's a small little river that comes out there. Jungle I can't remember. Is where the avocados are. Aye, it's the avocado jungle that is uh, murderous, they say. Oh. What murders? Excuse me? What, what, what murders in it? What's the murderous oh, part? Well, the heat and the, the, um, uh, Gaviota's the name of the pass. There we go. That's that's the name of it. Right over here. This is this is Gaviota Pass. Uh, well, I think it's the heat and the disease and the small diminutive creatures, and I think the people who named it are fools. You know, yeah. You, you get to name a new location. You name it after yourself. You name it after a friend. You name it something epic. You know, someone calls it the Black Lake. Doesn't mean the lake is black. You know, or the Black Sea. It's not, the sea is just a regular sea. They just call it the Black Sea because they're trying to be edgy. They call it the Jungle of Death, even though they've not explored it because, well, because People they're die. edgy. Well, yes, maybe someone died. Dead. Or maybe said, they're just edgy he said teenagers. That it's very hot and that there's very much disease and small diminutive creatures. Well, yeah, that's, that's like a jungle. That's all jungles, though. It's not many more deadly. I don't look. I stay on the sea. I don't go into the jungle. You're asking the wrong cat. Do you know anything about the small islands off of this outpost? Do we use them I, for anything? Uh, as far as I know, they're mostly unexplored. I do believe there are some shipwrecks uh, from the first vessels that came this way. You know, mapping, as, as you know, a cartographer, mapping the coasts is extremely difficult. It takes generations upon generations of accidentally finding underwater rocks 
that only are dangerous at a high or low tide, well, at low tides, for someone to truly get a chart of the region. And uh, in the process, I think off of the island of Santa Rosa, there have been a, a few ships who have wrecked themselves, which is why we're going to be giving the islands a wide berth uh, and going through the channel from the easter, from the western side. Um, and then we'll get as close to the outpost as we can, and I'll probably send you off on little skiffs to make the rest of the way. I wouldn't want us to hit any rocks or get stuck on any sandbars and beach the ship. Um, so we'll be transporting people by rowboat to the shore until Sounds good. the deep water dock is found. And if the uh, outposts are still safe, I'm sure they will let us dock there. Yeah. It, what caused the other shipwrecks? You mentioned ships wrecking. Well, I, I don't know. I just heard that there were ships that were wrecked. But, uh, oh. you know, when a ship wrecks, there's usually no survivors. So I've heard. I don't know how to swim. Don't worry. It'll be fine. I've never lost a ship yet. That's good. I mean, I think most sea captains haven't lost any ships. Otherwise, they wouldn't be alive anymore. But some of them, some of them. It'll be fine, little halfling. Don't worry about it. I want to ask him something in private and secret, so I'm going to do ventriloquism if possible, because I want to seem like I'm just whispering in his ear, right mm -hmm. from beside him. Yeah. So you have to like do a check for that. Ooh, that's a great question. Let's read the ventriloquism skill, because no one of all my players, has ever taken or used <laughs> ventriloquism. <laughs> you need a hand puppet for that? No, no, no. You can make it seem like you're speaking. You can, like, project your voice so that it sounds like it's coming from a different place than it actually is. The character has learned... Ventriloquism. The character has learned the secrets of throwing his voice, although not actually making the sound come from somewhere else, like the spell. The character can deceive others into believing this to be so. When using ventriloquism, the supposed source of the sound must be relatively close to the character. The nature of the speaking object and the intelligence of those watching can modify the character's chance of success. If the character makes an obviously inanimate object talk, like a book or a mug, there's a minus five penalty to... Uh, applied to his ability score if a believable source like a player character or an npc is made to speak a plus two bonus is added to his ability score modifiers below ventriloquism relies on deception people's knowledge of speech and the assumption about what should and shouldn't talk it's effective only on intelligent creatures um so i think for ventriloquism you can You're gonna make it sound like something is speaking and by like, you know, I guess not moving your lips and kind of throwing your voice in a direction. Um, I don't know if it will make it easier for you to whisper to someone, but I think you're practiced yeah. in voice control and voice modulation and how it appears that you speak. So I think if you needed to have like a whispered conversation, you could probably whisper to someone nearby without moving your lips in any way shape or form and someone that's kind of what i want to do notice. yeah just like whisper to him but make it look like i'm like yeah i want to ask him i think in this case you don't need to make a check because you're not trying to deceive anyone so you're just like making it look like you're not talking while throwing your voice in someone's direction 
So no check needed, yeah. but go ahead and and what do you whisper to the captain, Captain Yishan? Have you ever have you ever seen a large octopus like the kind that bring down ships? <sighs> I'll know that it's you because it sounds like you. And Captain Yishan will look at you and he'll shake his head and he'll give you the sign, the universal sign for like it's fine, don't worry about it. So he might have. He That's said crazy. no. He said no. That's Why don't crazy. you trust my player character, my non-player characters? Well, he said, "Don't worry about it." Yeah. That means that it's, mean, it's, it's fine. Uh, all right. I sounds like there are no other things that we need to do, so we're gonna make landfall. You're coming on in. I'm gonna move your tokens off the map just a smidge. You're coming in on the eastern side of the Santa Barbara Channel. And you had mentioned that you wanted to put in somewhere... Um, on the western side. Yeah, I think this map is... got the wrong distances. Uh, yes, on the western side, right? Um, would you like to indicate exactly where? Uh, because Western Side's a pretty broad area there. Um, probably as close to Santa Barbara as you can get. Somewhere here. From the west? Yeah. Can we I see the outpost from here? Is uh, it's like, what, three miles? Yeah, hold on. I'm changing the, the mileage on the grid was wrong. This should be about 22. There we go. This is right now. Um, How many so, miles can you walk on a day? Oh yeah, you don't, can't we just uh, land right at where the outpost is? You could. Um, from this spot in here, as you're like sailing through the channel, uh, the channel's like 20-something miles wide. These islands have large mountains on them. You can see the islands and the mountains. You can see the mountains sort of behind um, the outpost. The outpost itself is on this tiny, it's not really much of a peninsula, but it's a little section that juts forward. And you can see that there are bluffs, like uh, cliffs that are maybe 30 feet tall, maybe 20 feet tall, something like that. And it's pretty heavily forested on top of that with oak trees. Um, you, I think someone in the party has a spyglass, at least the sea captain will. And you can see that there is a flag, sure enough, raised from somewhere in there that rises above the treetops. And it proudly displays the white V of Rossi, the goddess oh of death and destruction God. on a black oh, flag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm upset. I need a sec. So what what does that mean? Do you have a little Rossi, history of stripling? This is bad. Not this so much. Bad. This there is a lot of gods. Good. Okay? Yeah. There's a lot of gods. Um, The big four gods that we all care about is Astaire, the god of law and order, uh, also known as the Autumn God. There's Martha, the goddess of life and creation. She's the summer goddess. There's Malchus, the god of chaos and humans. He's the spring god. And there's Varasi, the goddess of death and destruction. And she's the, you know, the god who would uh, preside over the winter months. Um, mm. And they're all equally deities. And then none of them are particularly bad. Like, Varasi's the goddess of death and destruction, but she's also like the Grim Reaper. She takes you from 
where the world is to the afterlife and like helps you along your way people who are like terminally ill and suffering she helps ease their pain and suffering you know they're not she's not a bad goddess but she she deals in the domain of death and destruction um, why would someone have her flag up you know there's all sorts of religious folks around here uh, whoever is running this outpost is not flying the flag of Drekus, but they are flying the flag of the goddess of death and destruction. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're just, uh, you know, especially religious. Maybe there's, um, uh, maybe, I mean, there is this, like, far-off empire way, way to the east, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles, um, and they are the, the army of Verasi. Uh, the goddess of death and destruction they're kind of conquering this other continent far to the east that we don't care about Uh, brutally recklessly well fuck concerning yeah I have a spyglass in my gear so I'll look through it and be like yeah ah fuck I'll hand it over to Lane Over there. This is really bad. Why why do you say so? Says the captain of the ship. Just looks like there's religious folks out there. Well, they're supposed to be flying the flag of Trekus, aren't they? Yes, they are. Patriotic. I mean, they're flying the flag of a god. That's not the worst thing, right? I guess it could be worse. As a as a well learned yeah, as a well learned person, are there a number of gods that would be worse to have the flag of? Yeah, definitely. Um, There's Terassa, the goddess of fear. That'd be pretty shitty. Ponos, the god of suffering. Velthara, the goddess of vengeance. Salt, the god of despair. Those would be pretty shitty flags to have flying. Yeah. Like they, they have good qualities too, but those are kind of kind of lame. I'll comment. Hey, at least it's not salt. No. It's Dracus. Uh, it's not Dracus. It should be Dracus. It's the god of death. It should be Dracus. Well, we're going to have to investigate, but maybe we should not just walk right up to the front gate. Yeah, I don't think landing there straight away is an option right now. They're going to try and kill us. That is a very real possibility. I don't know. We're not at war with Solemn. If these people are from Solemn, but... I did not expect that. that. Mm -hmm. I did not expect that. Is there any history between this particular god and uh, Drekus? No. She's she's one of the major gods, and so she fits in with everyone doing all the things. Like, she's a an ordinary part of the world. She's very... Like, you've got clerics of Verasi who work in temples that, like, help people move from one world to the other, and they perform, like, death rituals and ceremonies for the dead and dying. Like, they're very involved in the funerary services. Um, they're not inherently bad people. You know, Elaine will will let you know though that last time when I was uh, stationed in Fenden, they had an issue there with a Varasi death cult, and we did arrest some people. It's been a 
small issue lately. Ah. Oh no, you don't the think... fucking cultists! You don't think that you're coursed to face these frosty cultists wherever you go, do you? Well, that's their flag! They're surely a completely different group. Right, a different Your two group brain cells to belong together, that's their flag! <laughs> yeah. It's a, a white V with a, a brown stick coming out of it. It kind of looks like a spear tip being plunged into the ground. It's in the top right of our, our little map, if you zoom out and look around. Um, the other gods at the top, there are uh, actually, what is that? Seven greater gods. Only four of them are like the, the day-to-day important ones. Um, yeah. I don't know. This map is here if you need it. Also... Wait, shouldn't that be eight now? You know, there's seven. There's seven big what? ones. <laughs> Astaire, oh, Falumba, Malchus, Martha, Nadinus, Tempos, Verasi. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a cleric. What do I... Nope. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, uh, where do you want to put down? Says the uh, captain, who's now maybe a little bit more concerned now that Elaine is like, you know, throwing her hands up in despair and, oh, no, the death cultists. Oh, we're fucked. Oh, my God. Right, and so the captain's like, well, okay, well, maybe funny. we don't. Elaine is a lot more collected about this, okay? Okay. I'm just, I'm just upset because I have a personal vendetta against these people. <laughs> um, what is the usual travel um, length that we can do by foot? Uh, well, if you've got a bunch of humans in the party, 20 miles a day on flat, even ground uh, is usually pretty good. An area like this that doesn't have any trails or roads, I'd probably expect a little less, maybe 15 or 16. But if you got a halfling with you who travels a little bit more slowly than that, maybe half of that, unless there's someone who can, unless you got a mule or an ox cart that she, she can ride on. So, I don't know, 10 miles? Reasonably? All your, your soldiers at the hand? Okay, what's say? Uh... We land tomorrow, and then I can prepare invisibility so we can see the scout at the situation to see if they've truly fallen uh, into being a death cult. Or maybe they're just a particularly religious group of uh, good people. What do you mean by invisibility exactly? Uh, as a wizard, I can cast invisibility and make sure that we go scout in all invisible first. Hmm. Uh, then we'll be able to get a better idea of what these people are like. So, can we still see each other? No, but we'll know we're... No, but if we hold each other hand in hand, we won't get lost. So you want to scout out this base holding hands? Sure. If you, if you make me uh, invisible, I can go. Yes, we I'm can simply send the halfling. You want yes. to go all by yourself? Bro? Oh, yes. She'll be invisible. Or you can be invisible by a tree, and then I'll go and find things, and then if you hear screaming, you'll know that it's me. But you won't. Sure. I mean, we won't hear screaming, go. not for me. Okay. Well, do you want us to stay close in case something happens? Uh, well, if you come and then you're close, then they could also figure out where you are, or... I'm not From, sure. You're a scout, yeah? Yes. I don't know anything about invisibility. I trust your judgment. 
Okay, if you want to go in alone, you go in alone. If you tell me you need backup, I'll wait by the tree, but I need you to tell me what it is that you need. Hmm. You come anyway by a tree, we all go invisible and I go in and I look. And then, uh, if I need you, I'll, I'll, I have a slingshot, I'll use it somehow. I'll, I'll, I'll hurl a pebble towards the tree and then you'll know that I need you, but I won't. That's good. We can probably, uh, just sneak in close enough, like maybe within a mile. I'll cast invisible on just you, Crump, and then you can scout ahead and see what the situation's like. Yes. Okay. That sounds uh, won't like they, good. Won't they see our boat coming in? I have almost certainly already seen the ship. Uh, they're on alert then. That's not good. Well, I can drop you off on one spot and then pull away and then drop, uh, come near the coast again, and I can sort of make, you know, up and backs near the coast, making it look like I'm dropping off people at various points. We could even put folks on rowboats and send them out to the shore if we really want to uh, improve yes. the illusion. Diversions. That's mm -hmm. nice. Uh, you don't see them having any boats, do you? Uh, I kind of gesture it. You should look at the coast with the spyglass. Yeah, from this position, you don't see any ships in the water anywhere. No boats. Does, does Santa Barbara have a dock? You don't see a pier or a harbor or a dock at all. Um, it's a coastal city, so it ought to have a place for ships to come and moor. Uh, but from where you're positioned um, out here in, in the channel, not a thing is seen yet. Is there any smoke rising from this place? Is there any, like, do we see anything that actually tells us there are people there? Or could this also be abandoned and they've just raised a flag to be like, we were here, this, that was it? You do see a small amount of, like, cook fire smoke coming from the town. Just like a little trickle. Um, not, not the town is on fire levels of smoke, but the um, people use fire for cooking and they don't have nice natural gas that burns cleanly. They're using probably oak trees that you're chopped down and you might not let them season. And so it's producing a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know what a Bobby looks like. That's okay. These words are not for you. These are words are for the viewers who might not understand ancient societies. Excuse me. Uh, all right. So why don't we go to our break? When we come back from our break, our party is going to be making landfall and we're going to go see what's happening in this town. And it's probably going to be fine, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. Be destruction fine. is not that bad, if you think about it. Yeah. Could be worse. Could be worse. Could we'll be catch you on the other side of our break. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rise of Drekus. Chapter 2, Outpost on the Frontier. Our party is ready. It's going to be real easy. Drop some people off on the coast. The ship's going to go do some other things, make any possible distractions. Party's going to get near to the town, maybe a mile out. Slap some invisibility on the halfling who's going to waddle into town. Check it out. Waddle back on out. And uh, Bob's your uncle. Everything's going to go great. How far from town would you like to put the party? So how long did we say we can... How much uh, distance can we traverse in one... Ten miles the a day. Halfling. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and Invis lasts for a whole 24 day? 24 hours, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. So long as you don't like fuck it up and attack mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Yep, they already know we're here, so I wouldn't mind just going in pretty close. Uh, wherever is reasonable. Uh, is it possible to land within two and a half miles? Yeah, well, the coastline, as we get closer, as your, your ship sails in, and what is a, what's a good, peaceful, easy, enjoyable track here? Ah, no, wait, that's not We want this one. Yeah, as your ship gets closer and you get a, a good look at the land over here, you can see that there's a lot of bluffs, a lot of cliffs that sort of line this area. Um, pretty much along the entire route, there's this 20 to 30 foot cliff that, that just runs along the water. And then there's maybe, you know, 10 to 60 feet of ocean, depending on the exact spot you are. An ocean um, beach, you know, so you've got the soft sandy beaches with tall cliffs behind them. And every now and then, every couple of miles or so, there's an area where the cliffs sort of dip down to a low spot and you wouldn't have to climb any cliffs and you could just walk up um, into the, the backlands. But most of the areas you would have to um, scale a cliff or walk along the beach until you could find uh, an easy way in. Great, let's take a uh, place that we don't have to scale a cliff and it's pretty close. Okay, well, there's one such spot like right near the outpost. Um, now, this this outpost right here, this little town map, it's covering an area of 30 miles, but the town is actually on the right side of this outcropping. Um, on the left side of this outcropping, there is one of these like really easy, gentle, you could just walk on in places. And it'd be about three miles from town. Um, I don't know if that's too close. Maybe by the time that you get there, someone would have walked the three miles to see what's going on. Maybe maybe you want to do another few miles down the coastline. Does it seem like the town would have a different spot that they would usually use if they wanted to access the water? Well, we're not sure yet. Um, no one on this boat has ever been here before, and so we're just seeing what we can see with our eyes. And there's a bit of a slough, like um, an area where like an inland estuary um, that sort of connects with the sea on the left side and the similar inland estuary on the right side. And maybe one of these waterways is shallow enough or deep enough that a boat could sail up it. Um, but certainly you're not going to risk your entire vessel on just a, a lark that you could. Um, so maybe one of these ways leads into the back of the town. Or maybe there's no beach act or um, ship access to the town whatsoever. Maybe there's like a pier mm. further down the coastline, and they unload there, and then they they haul it in by ox cart. I don't know. Okay, three miles is pretty far away. I think that's good enough. Okay, I'm fine with that. You guys are just gonna have to hide if they come to like investigate if someone's been dropped off. Sure. Mm -hmm. Lane? Very nice. Yeah, that sounds good to me. And who is um, being think we'll, put ashore then? I think we'll, I'll I'll leave Willa on the boat because she's in charge of like taking care of the other troops in the meantime. Okay, so we're gonna take Vincent. We're taking Vordren. We're taking Elaine, and we're taking Crumpet. 
and the four of you are going to be put on a skiff road to the coast and uh then make your way through the woods to the outpost fantastic love it excellent okay i'm sure it's gonna go fine yeah you know if we yeah. had a kraken pull our skiff down that would be really funny right oh that'd be great <laughs> great have you ever seen one of these um, that would be like foreshadowing because I did ask him if he had seen a giant octopus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, would everybody in the party roll me a perception check? Just open your character sheet, hit that big PCP button on the the main tab, and uh, let's see these these here results. Oh, an eighteen. We want a twenty-one or higher. A twenty-two. That's pretty good. And a twenty-seven. Very. All right. So Vincent is. I don't know, Vincent. How familiar are you with ships? Is this your first major ship voyage and your first little uh, skiff voyage, or are you a, a well-adept person on boats? I'm a cartographer. I've been on boats. Okay. Then I think you're probably mildly distracted with the make of this skiff that you're on. Uh, high is good. Um, the, the skiff here is a little unusual. It's not your traditional Drakissian skiff. And I think you're not paying too much attention to the coastline because you're looking at this and you're realizing this is an Akubin skiff. The boat we were on was definitely Drakissian from the get-go, but this is definitely not a Drakissian. This is a this is a foreign skiff that the wind skipper, wind wind speed, whatever that ship's name is, has. And um you're too distracted with the the in the interesting boat you're on and what it might mean for the future. Uh probably nothing. It's probably fine. Uh, that you're not paying attention to the coastline too much. Elaine, being the good soldier, the the good leader, you're scouring that coastline for yetis and, and polar bears and all of those I terrible have no creatures. Yetis or polar bears, yeah. I don't sure. have one. Okay, but they're big feet and brown bears. Then you know, same same. That's true. Right. Always on the lookout for bears. That's me. Uh huh. Um, whereas little old crumb, little old crumpet. You're not too concerned about the dangers. You're just, you know, you're just gazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that you notice as a, a halfling who's pretty into, uh, pretty connected to the, the natural flow of everything is that there's this little um, trickle of water coming down, like seeping out of the cliff in a bunch of different places. And that looks like a pretty normal seepage, like water goes into the earth and then it kind of moves horizontally when it hits a hard spot in the earth. And if there's a cliff, it just kind of comes out of the earth. And that's that's just how it goes. It's fine. Um, but what catches your eye is that near one of these seepages, there's also like a little creek. Not even a creek. It's just like the tiniest little stream overflowing over the edge. And that's weird. If water's seeping from below, then it shouldn't be running above. Like, if it's running above, it wouldn't be seeping from below. And if it's seeping from below, it wouldn't be running above in most situations. And that's got you a little bit interested because you're a, a farmer. Your understanding of hydrology is minimal, but this makes sense to you. Your, your parents have worked, what did you say, wheat farms for ages? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you're catching this and you notice that that water, that little stream that's flowing over the top stops for a little bit and then starts again. And you've seen this before in your farm. You've got little tiny creeks. And you know that when you 
go down to the little tiny creek and you stop to fill your water skin there. You make like a little dam and you put your water skin in and it'll fill up the water skin and then the dam will break and then it'll flow down. And that looks an awful lot like somebody intentionally stopping a little creek to fill up their water skin. Got it. I but maybe, explain. maybe you're just crazy. Maybe you're overanalyzing the situation. No, I'm not. Um, I will alert them to. I, I think that there's someone refilling their water skin there, and I'll say the whole shebang of, well, my parents farm the creeks, and we'd get the water skin, and we'd do the dam, and that over there looks awfully lot like an unnatural water. Blah, 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 blah. And it's right not- there. Is that up at the mountains or is it on the bottom? I didn't quite... You said where uh, the water the, comes the over. bluffs. Yeah. So if you're coming to, like, this side of the bluff, um, you saw it on this side. Well, like, more close to the peak, right? Right at the, the peak of this area is where the water flow is and you're kind of coming from the side a little. So maybe, I don't know, an eighth of a mile from where you're planning on putting off. All right, so maybe you, maybe somebody's resting up there, and you could try to catch them out in that position. Yeah, good thing we have you here with us, Crump. Yes, I can see very good. All right. Uh, Vincent Mapper. As we mentioned earlier, this coastline is uncharted territory. Would you roll me a one d twenty for the fate of your vessel? as it approaches this uncharted coastline that could have all sorts of rocks. And, uh... Ah, it's fine. You come on in at a a good spot. There happen to be no near-to-the-surface rocks. Um, And your little skiff will put ashore with the the rolling waves. It'll kind of ride the surf in and uh, roll up on this sandy beach. Or if you can quickly get out, and the sailors within will hop out, push the skiff back into the water, and sail against the large waves, and then, or row, I guess, against the large waves until they're beyond the break, and head back to the big ship, leaving the four of you on the sand. You can see there's these rolling dunes that kind of build and get a little bit higher, a little bit higher until they're like, you know, 20 feet off of sea level, and then you're more or less at the the bluff line right there. up there is just a bunch of oak trees, a big oak forest. Live oaks, if you care about what type How of oak tree. How far from the the town was the little weirdness water situation? Oh, like three miles. How much is... Oh, sorry, I'm Canadian. How much is that in, like, minutes? Uh, That's like an hour. Okay, like an hour for walking a halfling, from town. Yeah, for a halfling, probably like an hour and a half or two hours. For a normal person, it's probably like an hour jaunt. Got it. I just wonder why someone would be filling up their water skin so close to town. Like, wouldn't they have water that they could bring from town? That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. Uh, Three miles is 4.8 kilometers. Thank you. Um, You all used miles up there. No. No, we do not. Um, well, do you want to go and try and see if we can ambush that person and ask them some questions? Yes, I'd prefer not to use the word ambush. We can use the word just talk. Let's, uh, let's walk like up to there. S- have a chat with them, yes. Yes. A chat. 
to a conversation. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Well, I'm fine. Are we? I guess we should try to approach quietly if we can. I look down at my plate armor. Like I'm not great at sneaking, but we can give it <laughs> I a try. I think blatantly is totally fine. No. If we approach blatantly and then they're aggressive, they'll try and stab us. But this is a nice civilized world. What are the chances that they're going to be aggressive? I point to the flag flying the. Yeah, this is three miles away. They could be from there. We don't know. Also, might not be. You have a good heart. A good heart. (laughs) Thanks, thanks. I mean, the invisibility lasts an entire day, right? There's nothing yeah. stopping you from checking them out, coming back, telling us yeah. who is there and if they need ambushing. That's true enough. Oh. Okay. Yes. Well, I might as well cast it now, then. I will uh, put my hands... Are you ready, Crumpet? All right, yes. I put my hands on Crump, and I cast invisibility. Excellent. Crumpet, you can see your hands become pale, translucent, Uh, and then completely invisible, and you can no longer see yourself nor any of the gear you were carrying. Oh, so that's how it works for you guys. You could, like, feel around on your person, but you can't even see yourself. Can't even see yourself. Oh, cool. Okay. All right, well. Yeah, in the meantime. I'm going to go now. Great. In the meantime, we'll, like, head to the higher ground. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll wait up for you there. You can tell us what this little, um, what this person, if it is a person, I don't know, feels like. Yes, I will come after you once I've once I've done my my in- investigation. Great. Don't take any risks you don't have to take. I'll be good. All right. Well, Crumpet, you head on up. You head up to yeah. the, the bluff area and um, it's it's a big old woodsy bit up here. Give me... You're invisible. Um, you have yeah. an ability called move silently. When you attempt yeah. to move silently, uh, you, you move silently, but it slows your rate of movement quite a lot. So it's not the thing you um. like normally wouldn't walk around moving silently all the time unless you're trying to be ultra quiet, which you absolutely 100% can do whenever you want um, but I just want to I just want to be clear that it's a, a much slower movement rate um, got so it like how much slower it's like quarter speed or something yeah okay got it um, well I'm not going to move silently for the first bit until it seems like if, oh well if I stepped on like a twig or something at this point right. then they might be able to hear me then I would start moving silently for like right. a bit, even if it was annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So you can just kind of walk up there and, and head on into the woods. And you're going to see a couple of things right away. First off, you see what appears to be a, um, what do we call it? A, what do you call like a single horse stall? Not a barn, maybe just a single stall. A stable? Yeah, like a mini stable. It's just room for like a little covered area with room for one horse and um, an area to put some hay for feed and a little trough for some water and what appears to be like a, a well pump. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, it's right no up here as you inside. start to walk in. No horse. Room for only one horse as well. 
um, but there's no horse currently. But there is like a little outpost right here where one could stable a horse if need be. Got it. I would most definitely want to move quietly around here because there's signs of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can move on in. Um, are we ignoring this or are we following this? Uh, are we are we going to the stable, or are we expecting the stable to be like a watched area that might reveal you somehow? What's your relationship to this first um, thing that you found? I mean, I don't think it has any valuable information. It's just a horse stable. Right? It's just a random stable in the middle of the woods. Yeah, I'll catch it on my way back if I must. Yeah. It's a good call. Okay. I'm here to check out I think there is a human being stopping some water up there. I want to see him. Mm -hmm. Fuck the stable. Yeah. Well, you continue walking down the trail a little bit, and sure enough, you do come across a small little stream. There's a horse standing next to it, and there's a person who is in the middle of, like, re-preparing their horse. You can see that they've, like, um, they've put the, the blankets over it, the saddles on the horse... Um, and they're sort of just loading gear into the saddles. Uh, this person is a full-blooded orc. Um, they've got, you know, sort of a greenish tinge to their skin. Um, some little protruding horns or fangs coming out from the lower side of their jaw. Uh, they've got a, a spear. Or actually, it's more of like a javelin on the side of the horse. Wouldn't be useful as a lance, but you could throw it at someone and a, a battle axe on the other side of the horse. And how do we feel about orcs? Well, in the land where you come from, they are raiders and monsters who are always attacking and killing people. Um, they're especially fond of raiding halfling towns because halflings are small and easy to overrun, and they have lots of food. Uh, so your entire life experience is that orcs are the mean, nasty, vicious and they can't be trusted and should probably just be killed on sight. In my head, I see the orc and I'm like, fucking orc. I I have flashbacks of maybe like a PTSD flashback of my parents when I was young. There was a storm and they were like, the orcs are coming! You know, we had to fight against them or something. You know, I'm having yeah. thinking of stories growing up of orcs. I look around and does it look like he's just alone completely. Just the one packing up the rest of the gear on the horse nice and slowly, not even paying, you know, probably didn't see you, uh, see the ship arriving. Otherwise, they would have been hurrying more quickly. Um, there's some gear here. There's like a tent that's being packed up and being, you know, you know when you pack your tent and then you try and put it in the bag, but like you didn't pack the tent bag. quite right and it doesn't quite fit and you have to undo it and you have to like refold the entire thing while you curse yourself over and over again. That's what's going on is that the bag was supposed to fit in the saddlebag, but it didn't. And now the orc has to repack um, whatever this is. It's probably a tent. Do I see anything that would insinuate that he is a part of the a cult or a, not not with our not with our cause other than him just being an orc no orcs are just bad generally orc speaking bad. you never met a friendly orc you know okay i'm just gonna go back then i'm gonna survey looks like one single orc mm -hmm. we should probably kill him i don't want to try this alone mm -hmm. gonna scurry back out find my 
my friends, my party mates. The party mates, um, after the halfling scurried up the hillside and you could see these little footprints in the soft sands as it, it scurries up into the, into the mainland. What are the two of you doing? Or three of you doing? I assume you're not just hanging out on the coast in plain view. No, uh, well, I think we were we going to the ground. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then we were just staying at the high ground. Okay. At the high ground, finding some little bit of cover somewhere. So sure enough, the, the halfling will come back down um, and you'll see them as you, you come down the, the sand dunes and you look behind you and you spot them there. And the two, three of you will see footprints appearing in the sand towards you, um, letting you know the halfling is here. Once I'm close enough, I'll be like, there's an orc. There's one orc and he's alone. Oh my God. All right. It looks like he's alone. He has a horse. There was a stable. I think it's his stable. Okay. Why would, he, why would he have a stable up there? Do I know if there are any orcs in Drekus? There are some orcs in Drekus. They live just outside of the capital and they come across the river on little canoes in the middle of the night and try to attack um, people and raid supplies. They are uh, hmm. nasty little fuckers. Why are they fuckers. so bad? Where would he get just... a horse from? Yeah. Uh, and do what does I... he need it for? It doesn't take that to the jungle, does he? Maybe he had... I described the different... Uh, weapons that he had on him. He had like a great sword on the horse or something, great axe. Mm -hmm. As a person from the capital city, have I ever heard of a good orc? Uh, there is occasionally a good half orc. Uh, mm. That's. But a full blooded orc? No. No, they're, they're not accepted as members of society. And anytime like an orc has tried to be friendly, it's always some sort of ploy that ends up in an ambush and murder. Um, yeah. Well, shall we kill him? Or would that blow our cover? Allow the orc to go, check out the town, see if it's a town of orcs. Well, we can't mm. really question him, I don't think. I don't speak orcish at least. Does anybody view? No. Do uh, orcs commonly speak common? The raiders that you see will usually have someone within the raiding company who speaks common. Like, they'll capture people, and they'll learn common, and they'll, they'll cap these captured people will be their slaves in their little orcish villages. And so some of them will learn common, but most of them don't. From what you know back in Drakus. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that we don't have to necessarily do anything about this one guy. Uh, we yeah. can just stay here and you can scout the city as planned. The town. Yeah. You know, there is a possibility that this ore comes from somewhere else on this island and travel to the outpost. And they don't really accept him in there, which is why he doesn't trust them, which is why he doesn't stay there himself, you know? Trying to figure out why he would have yeah. a stable out here. It, I feel like it's so close to the city to have a stable. Right. Like, wouldn't he be in, like, a cave or something? Hiding, ashamed of his orcishness. Yes, it is very unusual. I think we'll need to get more information before we come to a yeah. conclusion. 
But I think we should I, have a look I'll at it. I'll go off to the city but... then, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll stay here. Okay. By the time you get back to where the orc is, they've finished packing up their stuff, and they are riding on the horse, taking a nice little trot in the same direction as you, headed for the town. Um, cool. Now, trying back... to think of it, we were still three miles away, right, from the town? Yes. Yeah. Do we want to get closer? No, this is probably fine. One hour away. That's fine. We're fine. Okay. Yep. Um, now the horse is actually going at a pretty good click. So for you to catch up to them means that you, they must have just started taking off. Um, then you've come mm. around a corner and you can see them, and they're definitely gonna get away from you unless you like jog or hurry or run along the road of the the forest quickly. Are you no, I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't need to catch him. I just want to figure out stuff about the town. Great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. Um, like an hour later, hour and a half mm-hmm. later, something like that. Some amount of time. You don't have a watch. There's no timekeeping here. Where's the sun? Right. It's high. It's low. Left side. Right side. That's that's how time works. Um. Sometime later, still in the morning, you begin to hear the sounds of talking and uh, of squawking birds and um, the, the gentle sounds of a nearby village blowing in on the breeze. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I look for where the talking is coming from. I mean, you're hearing it coming from in front of you. Mm. Um, but like, you know, through the woods, you can hear the sounds of civilization. Uh, but you're Got not it. there yet. Got it. Yeah, I will continue on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll come across a town. A nice little town. Um, and it seems to be situated, like, you've been on this bluff that is right near the ocean, and as the bluff gets, like, further inland, it actually dips back down again, so this area right near the ocean is kind of, like, high ground with, like, 30-foot cliffs, and then, like, a a receding, dipping area on the backside, and you're coming across, and you've reached, like, the high ground where it starts to dip down, and you can see that there is a lovely little town down here. Um, I'm going to bring you to a map... Ignore the names on the map because obviously you don't know what these places are. I'm just gonna, yeah, it's just a, a cozy little town with these red clay roofs on top. Um, well, let's, it'll might take a moment to pop in. There's a lot of files here. Wow. Um, and there's like a little dock and there's a, a little swamp over here too. And the dock, the dock doesn't stick into the ocean. It sticks into this like receded swamp on the west side of this mm-hmm. little jutting peninsula-like thing. Yeah. Cool. I want to, like, keep an eye out for, like, townspeople to see, like, oh, yeah, there's are tons- they human? Are they orcs? Yeah, there's a bunch of humans walking around this area. Um, there's a, even a few halflings moving about the zone. Do they and look happy, or do they there's... look stressed out like prisoners and slaves? Well, there's also, like, a bunch of orcs patrolling the streets in groups of six. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, giving, it's giving slavery. It's giving captive. Yeah. That, that's whatever you think. Um, do I see any people talking, like, 
close enough that I would be able to see their lips moving, maybe. Um, let's take a look at the lip reading. Lip, whoops, reading lips. Uh, you must be within 30 feet of the speaker, so no. Um, you're at a pretty good distance right now. You're at the, like, I can see down the hill to the town, and I can kind of hear the indiscriminate sounds of town, but I can't really mm. make out any details. Got it. Um, hmm. Well, that's bad. How many orcs in total do I see? You see two sets of six. Okay. And it looks like they're just patrolling. Yeah, they're walking together in a big group. You know, now that you're looking at it, if it wasn't an orc, you would expect that just to be like a group of friends hanging out with weapons. Yeah, and what are they weaponized with? What what, what do they have on them? Uh, They've got axes and... I mean, they are wearing leather armor. It's a little unusual just to walk around town in leather armor. That's a bit odd, but yeah. Battle axes, leather armor. And what are the townspeople doing? Just going about their day business as usual? Yep. Uh, And if you're watching for a little while, which it sounds like you are, when you see some orcs moving and there are people nearby, the people will like go to either side of the street and let the orcs pass without, you know, they're not interacting with the orcs in a friendly way. You know, it's like, um, Mm. yeah, like when a cop car comes along the road and you might be in front of them, but their sirens aren't on, but like the cops are coming up behind you. And so you just move over anyway, just out of paranoia, right? It's probably just that. Got it. And I don't see any like humans like working the fields and shackles, but I just get a right. Not that, not that extreme. Right, no shackles, no bars, no chains, no no collars, no whips. Um, Got it. Yeah. Uh, oh, do also. I see... Okay. Uh-huh. No, go for it. Do Do I see any flags? Is the flag here? Um, no, actually, flag. you don't see the flag in town. Oh, must have been somewhere else then. Yeah, must have been somewhere else. Must be another location nearby. Anything else that my an extraordinarily high sense of perception would would tell me. Uh, I don't know. Make me a perception check and a charisma check, and we'll just see if you get, get anything interesting. Okay, cool. That is interesting that a charisma check could get me something when I'm not it's a vibe check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm being vibe checked. Okay. Well, you're well, vibe checking, but yeah. I do have extraordinarily low charisma. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, you know what? It looks pretty normal. You can see people conducting ordinary business in town. The the shops mm-hmm. near the fountain are open still, and um, business is happening. There's a, a tavern. It looks like o- over here on the 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 sand shark up here. You know, there's there's mm. servers coming out and walking over and bringing food to patrons. That looks like a, a pretty good town. In fact... Is everyone, like, wearing similar clothing or different, like normal? Like normal, yeah. Uh, it's all sort of loose, light clothing. Lots of whites and yellows um, being worn. You know, summer vibes. Mm. In fact, I don't know why you're so nervous. Everything looks good, except for, you know, the 
this dozen orcs in town. Well, orcs are evil, and they're all bad, and they're probably taking this town hostage. Hmm. Crumpet doesn't like orcs. They've hurt her. They've hurt her halflings, and yeah. they're bad. You said it yourself. They're very yeah. bad. Yeah. So, yeah. So noted. This town is being held hostage. I'm going to go inform my compatriots. Ah, okay. Well, sometime later, you'll get back to the others um, who are hanging out in the sand. I assume the three of you brought food and water because you're here for at least a day. Uh, so maybe you're you're sitting down and having a snack with your feet in the sand. Um, or I guess you're probably still wearing your combat boots for those of you that wear combat boots. Uh, but you know, it's a pretty pleasant place. The sound of the surf crashing, you know, the sun's out, it's warm. What day did we say it is? It's like July 27th, so um, it's warm. It's like real warm. It might even be too warm. You might have had to move into the shade to be truly comfortable. Uh, but God, at least it's not in the snow. How oh, it's the you beach know? episode you always wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and, and wouldn't you know, July 27th, is what we call Jexel Apogee. Jexel is the god of luck and wine and like good parties and good vibes and you know, the god of thieves and scoundrels and those damn scallywags who you wanna hate, but they're just so damn cool that you gotta love them anyway. Uh, his symbol is highest in the sky today. It's at the peak at nighttime, you know, it'll be right above you. Um, so, you know, today's when Jexel is uh, in most influence in the world. What are the, the three of you doing while while Peach was out? Well, I'm usually scowling into the direction of where she scampered off to, and from time to time I wipe the sweat of my brow. I'm relaxing, like, uh, lying against a tree. Uh, I have a nice view over the water. I am creating a map. Oh, it's like doing a little sketching along the coastline of the bluffs here, the, the mountains in the distance, this little estuary right here. Ah, oh, it's going great. Um, it sounds like you're both paying pretty good attention. So what you see in this little slough, this little estuary near the area that you are, that does actually connect out all the way to the water, to the ocean. Like, it's not very deep where it connects between the the slough and the ocean. Um, it's maybe you know, just a couple feet deep. But you can see that there is some small uh, boat, like a, like a little mini... When we say the word yacht in the modern era, we think of these like really big, nice, fancy yachts. We're talking like a small yacht, like a, you know, like a 30 footer or maybe a 40 footer with a single mast and, you know, probably just like a single underground uh, under deck cabin in here. But it looks like a nice vessel, not like a merchant ship, not a hauler. It's built for like speed and comfort and enjoyment. And it's got brass fittings and beautiful new linen sails and, um, you know, big letters uh, written across the side of it that says, oh, I'm always so bad at coming up with ship names. Um, Uh, it just says Devro across the side of it. Devro. Devro. Like D-E-V-R-O. Cool. Is it just uh, bobbing D there silently? D-E... 
V-E-R-E-U-X. <laughs> Devereux. Okay. Very good. Devereux. Devereux. Um, any people on the boat? Uh, yeah. There is one person you can see there. Uh, it looks like they are taking her out for a little spin. Um, they've got the mast. Uh, they've got the sail at, you know, like one-third capacity. Um, and they're just kind of like blowing with the wind and spinning the wheel. And then they're like stopping and dropping anchor and like trying to fix something. It looks like they're testing out the, the boat on the this little inland slough. And From it's our... a human? Can we turn for... Give me a perception check, both of you. I, I, I think Elaine is just a little confused because she was like, you know, she was already in fighting mode. We have to save this town. There's uh-huh. something going on, and now there's just this guy on vacation. What I tell you, <laughs> what is, they could just be worshipping, you know. They're friendly orcs. They just coexist. Maybe they happen to be flying the flag today. That's all. Yeah. As a celebration day. Uh, Vincent, you think it's probably a human. Elaine, you're pretty sure that's a half-elf. You know, looks like a human to the untrained eye, but anyone who's uh, had to hide their half-elven features their whole life can spot the telltale signs here that this person ain't ain't a full-fledged human. That's a... What? On a... Okay. Alright, how far away are they from us? <laughs> oh, like 500 feet? Maybe a little more than why that. Would, why would someone feet? have to hide that they're half-felt? Oh, it's just... insecurity. Uh... What do you say? I... Should we go say hi? I'm gonna give them a whistle. Uh, what sort of whistle are you giving these people? They were calling a horse kind of whistle. Like a... Yes. Alright. Cool. I'll hold out by waving. We're not cat calling the half of on the boat. I'm just, you know... <laughs> That... I would like to clarify. Can we do a hotness check? Yes, that is not From what I expected, yeah. but there's a lot of different yeah. stuff. <laughs> right, right. Lane <laughs> cat calling the other half elf from afar on the tropical yes, that's beach. That's what this session's all about. Oh, yeah, I don't but... know, there's death destruction, orcs, and like people on yachts, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. So you give a, a wave and you give a whistle. Uh, the person looks up, they kind of look to the area, they shield their eyes because they're looking west and it's still morning, so the sun's in that direction, and then they spot you, and they, they give a big friendly wave with one arm for a good ten seconds um, before pulling up the tiny little anchor that keeps their boat grounded, and spinning the wheel, and using what little wind that they have to try and go in that direction. And soon they will. I'll quietly, I'll quietly say to my companions, you know, if this was uh, Arrow Island, we might have shot east. that guy. Sorry, Peach, you're absolutely right. <laughs> it's headed east. My brain is bad. <laughs> Sorry, no, I was just wondering because I don't know all the world lore. No, you're, oh, you you're know, totally Trump right. Is the one who has to draw the map, so really enjoy that one. It's gonna yeah. be hard. Yeah, I was running down uh, and say, wait, wait, yeah. let's talk. 
Yeah, yeah, they're, they're kind of coming in your direction. They'll drop anchor us. again. Okay. They'll they'll hop out, and so you can see that the water comes up to about their waist, and they'll sort of wade through the water and their white linens, um, and then get to the shore. You can see they're wearing bare feet, and they'll uh, trot up to you uh, with a big friendly wave as you're coming down the sand dunes towards them. Good to see a friendly face here. I am Vincent. Vincent? Puts his hands on his hips, looks you up and down. Well, I don't think I've ever met you before, Vincent. It's a pleasure. No, we're new to this area. And this, of course, as I uh, gesture to Elaine, who's walking towards us. This is Elaine. Elaine. Vincent. And pointing to your bodyguard. Oh, he's... Oh, my God. He's, uh... I'm Vordren, he says. Ah! Well, it's lovely to meet you all. I am the newly appointed uh, Lord of this estate. It's a pleasure to see you on my lands. Uh, I don't think we had new people to these lands for quite some time. Uh, have you come from Solemn? Do I know where Solemn is? Solemn is a, a big landmass far to the east. That's where that, like, Verasi Empire is set up over there. Like, real far away. We come from far off lands, I say, dodging the question. I'll look, I'll look over at him. You speak Drakissian perfectly for someone from far off lands. Oh, Solemn is part of Drakis. No, no, it's mind. not. Oh, okay. It is absolutely not. Got it. I'll, um, just I'll, look him, I'll look him straight in the eye and I'll say, um, we're from Drekkis. Oh, far off indeed. Um, did your ship wreck anywhere? He kind of looks out from this little spot. You can't see your main ship, which is further out. And there's kind of like a narrow view from these high cliffs that rise on either side. And you're in the little lowlands between them. Um, he kind of looks out to the ocean, doesn't see any boats. You look in remarkably good health for, for castaways or shipwreck survivors. Oh, no, we're there fine. Is, there is no shipwreck. Well, so, I'm uh, Lord Campbell. Well, Lord Campbell, you look in remarkable, well-shape, good shape for somebody who... Why, thank you. ...hasn't talked to the Empress in a while. What Empress is this you're talking about? I'll look at this man and I'll try to assess if he's having a heat stroke. Or if it's just genuinely not very <laughs> smart. And I'll like, I'll squid it. I'll like, I'll, I'll look, I'll look over and I'll be like, Wick? Her name is Wick, Empress Wick, the Empress Wick? Oh, Queen Wick, you mean, of Drekis, yes. No, why would I have I spoken to the, the Queen? Well, you are. I, I, I'm sweating in my armor here, you know? It's, um... Can we just... Okay. Can we just okay? talk somewhere else and not here? Yes, I think, um, right now we're feeling really hot here. Uh, why don't you join us up in the shade? 
Oh, why don't you come aboard my ship? There's a, a nice cabin below. We can uh, sip refreshing drinks. Talk oh, in luxury. Lovely. lovely. Let's do that. All right. Thank so, you. Elaine, are you are you on board for... Are, are you on board, literally? I would like to make it known that I am on board, but I will be shaking my head on my way as we go Excellent. on board because this is the strangest situation. Great. So it's as the two, three of you are wading through the water and then like climbing up the little ladder outside the ship that he drops down for you, that Crumpet is coming back out through the hills, uh, back out through the woods, coming to the sand dunes where the lot of you were, and she sees you having like waded through the water and climbing aboard this little yacht in this little estuary. Um, and that's where we're going to leave it when we go to our break and we'll be back on the other side with a little more Rise of Drekus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rise of Drekus. This cozy little... That we realized off-screen, Neil's cat is bigger than Crumpet. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's a very long cat, apparently three and a half feet long. He's right behind him. Yes, right if, you, if you stretch him out from toe tip to tail tip, which he does not like, and he will bite you when you do it. Um, I took out a measuring tape, and he's about three and a half feet long. Yes. Big cat. Big yeah. cat. Big boy. Big boy. Anyway. Yeah. How's this? Crumpet. You see them mm -hmm. entering this yacht, and you can catch up, but they're definitely going to have a few minutes in the yacht before you get to them. Um, is that your plan? Um, will I be able to catch up before I'm, like, drowning? Mmm. It did come up to their waist. You'd be, like, up to your chin in the water. Uh, that, that's a good I'm question. I'm willing to do it if I, if, you know. Oh, my we'll God. See. It's gonna happen. We'll see. We'll see if it kills you or not. Meanwhile, oh, will it, would it actually kill me if I just <laughs> well, no, go, you like, would... first death? Very exciting. I imagine you would stop entering the water when it got to a dangerous point, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Who would didn't willingly drown themselves? Is that uh, like I almost drowned like that, exactly like that one time. Never do that. Never just keep walking until you think you can't probably do it anymore. You no, know, this is such a... start drowning. That's exactly how it works. It's really? such a good horror scene, yes. too. If an invisible person drowns, oh. no one would really know. Oh my it's god. Thrashing. Well but yeah, don't just just don't try that, kids, if you can't if you can't so. Hold on. I think I saw something in the DMG about invisibility in water and how invisibility works while underwater. Right? Name powers. No, no, no. Okay, it's too, oh, here we go. Let's see, invisible creatures, invisible to everyone, including themselves, normally not a great difficulty. Creatures must be, creatures are aware of their own bodies and don't need to see their feet to walk. Um, invisible creatures are invisible to friends. No, no. Ugh, I thought there was something about water. Just Neil's imagination. 
The effects of specific environments are more subtle. Fog and smoke do not reveal invisible creatures. Smoke and fog are filled with swirls and eddies, preventing invisible creatures from being detected. Invisible creatures completely submerged in liquids are also concealed. Oh, I see. At the surface, an invisible swimmer may be noticed by the observant as an unusual distortion in the waves. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> it's fine. You're hoping that what? It would reveal me. I was hoping that no. you might not be noticed in the water and then you could drown without anyone seeing. But it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Why would you want that, you psychopath? It's an interesting, it's an interesting encounter. That's why. It, it would be fascinating. Not that if I would you want you to drown. me. That is well, because awful. Drowning people also don't do a lot of noise making. Um, you would expect a drowning person to be shouting, but the whole process of drowning means that like you're trying to gulp for air and you're getting water in your lungs and you actually can't talk while you're drowning. And so drowning people might be flailing, but they're not making noises. And so they're often confused for people who are just waving when they're actually drowning. It's yeah. terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I drowned zero children to learn these things, I promise. Anyway, on the yacht, the three of you get on. You got the half-elf there, Lord Campbell, and he brings you down under the deck, and sure enough, it's a nice, cushy place. You know, it's got soft chairs. It's got these, like, velvet seats. It's got this, like, uh, you know, it exudes um, not decadence, but, like, sophisticated taste. You know, like, it could be gold everywhere, but it's brass here. And there could be a crystal chandelier, but there's not. There's just, like, a single, very tasteful magic lantern dangling in the middle, illuminating the room that sends out, like, a soft, yellowish-orangish glow that sort of gently lights everyone in a flattering light. And uh, as Lord Campbell sits down, he pulls, like, a, you know, one of the seats folds down and reveals, like, some four cups and a crevasse of, crevasse of wine, a... um thing that you pour booze out of the hey what do you call it the the glass thing that you the hold decanter? Whole... yes decanter. maybe decanter is the right word that's like for yeah. wine if you let it breathe that's a decanter yeah but if you're not letting it breathe if it just comes in the glass that bottle oh i know what you're talking about moot has one of those for his whiskey like a There's crystal a flask thing yeah it's like the it's glass called. thing made out of crystal it's a bottle There's all right it's a bottle it, of alcohol yeah. there's a word who can remember um bottle it's a bottle of booze and four glasses um and he sets them pulls them out sets them down at the, the little table that kind of pops out of the floor in the middle of this cozy room and he looks about and he goes ah i'm so glad you're here we've been waiting for a word from the homeland for it seems like generations now. Um, would you please save us from the army of Arasi and the horrors that they've instilled upon us here? <laughs> I just look at him incredulous and I'll be like, oh, Are you Lord Campbell? I am the new Lord Campbell. The former Lord and Lady Campbell and their children were crucified a few years ago um, for not complying with the rules of the last Drakissian soldiers that were here to keep everything in check. Um, and then when those monsters were overthrown by the Empire of Rossi, we thought everything was going to be better. And then it turns out it wasn't. And everything was worse again. Uh, and so now, Invaders 3.0 
Um, would you please save us from the monsters? Wait, so was that your family, or do you just did you just take on the name? But I don't understand. <clears throat> and we did on that. What? And then you said, "Hmm." Uh, hello. Are you Can still you hear me? Muted? He's... Yep. Yeah. Now I. Okay. Cool. Don't know what happened. Um. <clears throat> right. So we settled this outpost. Campbell family was in charge. There were Drakissian warriors and a wizard here to keep everything in line. Um, this is a new land filled with magic and they went mad. They visited a something out on one of the islands that held a magic trident. And ever since they came back from that, they went mad with rage and um, bloodthirsty and murderous and the Campbell family didn't get along with them, and so they had the Campbell family crucified. Uh, and then the army of Verasi showed up on their ships after the last Rakissian ship that came by was burned in the harbor. Um, and uh, the army of Verasi came and liberated us from those monsters, and then proceeded to inflict their own sort of rulership, which uh, we're not particularly excited with. They've taken the fort, they've established an outpost on the other side of the mountain, something that they found in the jungle, I guess, or I, I don't know what. Um, and now we live in a certain level of panic and fear that they're going to do something terrible. I was an ordinary citizen living in town, doing my best to keep my head down. Uh, and you'll notice I'm not speaking with a, the noble voice very well. I'm trying, doing my best. And um, they decided that the town needed a, a noble in charge. So they slapped the old Campbell name on me and gave me the Campbell estates and the yacht and the servants and the money and the taxable income and said, you're in charge now, half-elf. Keep everyone in line. So, as the lord of Santa Barbara... I beseech you, warriors of Drekus, help me. More, more champagne? Ah, yes. I, I was going to lead with, how are you? Uh, it looks like uh, the settlement is doing well, but unfortunately, that doesn't appear to be the case. Um, I don't believe I'll be needing these, but we brought them anyways. I pull out the notes of... Uh, the letter from Drakus. You really want it? This man is not really in charge. There's no need to show him any paperwork whatsoever. <laughs> Excuse me, I happen to be the one in charge around these parts. Now, this says, and you can see him like mouthing the sounds to the letters because he's absolutely illiterate and he's trying, like he's doing his best to, to sound out the letter that you've handed him. Hmm. All right. Uh, I, I just want to look at Vincent. I'm going to cross my arms and I'm going to stare right through his skull. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's because this... if I look for one more second at this half of trying to read this superfluous script, I'm probably <laughs> going to have a heart attack. So I will just focus all my attention on him looking at it. Yeah. I'm like, it... what is going on? It's while this moment is happening that Crumpet is uh, 
maybe chest high in the water and the boat is like 50 feet from you and you're at the point where you're like well the ground is really soft and if it has a sudden drop and I don't know how to swim I could be in trouble you can't you know I, I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna risk death <laughs> that's a wise idea it would be such yeah. an epic death it would be yeah just poor little crumpet well what are you gonna what are you gonna do? Um, are you gonna just wait in the water? Are you going to call for them? Are you going to um, throw rocks at the ship to get their attention, which would absolutely break your invisibility spell, but would probably get their attention? Um, I'll probably call out and go, Aline, Vincent. Um, uh, everyone on board, please make me a perception check because of the addition of the ship nearby. You need a 25 or higher to succeed. Wow. Uh, 1d20 plus 3d6 minus... Actually, we just need a 25 is what we're looking for. Um, hey. Lord Campbell and Elaine Pendlin both hear the hello. And uh, Lord Campbell looks up and goes, did you have more with you? I'll, I'll uh, get up and I'll say Yes, we're not just three people coming through this entire island Oh, thank the gods <clears throat> It'd be difficult to overthrow the spellcasters yes, and yes. orcish armies they have here I'm sure it will be, if you excuse me for one one second, I'll, I'll walk I'll walk out I'll, I'll You don't squint. see Crumpet anywhere <laughs> I splash I, my hands just, in the water uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm going all right, all right. like this to make splishy splashies. All right. You can lead Crumpet onto the vessel without any problems. Excellent. The whole party is finally ah, reassembled. Don't, don't tell them that I'm here or something. Maybe I could be sneaky around the boat. They, they already heard you. Just come on but in. They don't see me. All right, I still, I start thinking about the history. I don't see you doing this, you know? I'm just like, I'm not <laughs> reacting. You're doing this and I'm like, La, la, la. What do we I'm know of Ferasi? The goddess Ferasi? No, I'm oh, sorry, the nation of the uh, nation that you mentioned. Ferachi? Uh, the Ferasi Empire is what they've been calling themselves, right? And all you know, because it's really far away, it's like the distance between America and Europe far away. Um, wow. So there's not a lot of travel back and forth. Uh, they're two sort of separate entities that are doing their own thing with not a lot of commerce between them. And uh, you know that there's a big empire out there. They've taken over what was essentially like a hodgepodge of kingdoms. And um, they're dedicated to the goddess of death and destruction. They're ruled by a hunchback cleric and his three other generals. One's a wizard, one's a fighter, one's a thief. Um, I think one of them's an assassin of some kind. They're sort of just building a big empire under the flag of Verasi, which at first everyone was a little skeezed out about because, you know, when you're invoking the goddess of death and destruction to build your empire, it's a little sketchy. But then, like, but you know, the empire keeps, it just keeps doing its thing and they've more or less left everything alone and they're not concerned with you and you're not concerned with them and it's all fine. That's what you know, which is not a lot. Okay, I'll ask this uh, hapless commoner here. Uh, so, has Verasi declared war on Drakus then? Uh, no, 
Not that I'm aware of, but I haven't had any word from the homeland in ages. Uh, Don't they know that this area belongs to Drekus? Well, it... The Drakisian warriors that were here sort of took it over for themselves. Um, and then we needed the help of the Verasi Empire to oust the, the mad Drakisians, who I honestly think fell under some sort of evil curse. There's something about this land. There's something about that cave they found on the islands that... I mean, the place churns with magic. If any of you is a spellcaster, you should head up to Gaviota Pass and cast a detect magic spell up there. You'll see what I mean. This whole place hmm. is... I mean, the, the raw powers of construction and world building are, are just flowing through this, this zone. Um, primordial creatures ooze from surfaces. The, the Bigman mine had tar monsters coming out of it. Elementals made of, of tar that would stick to you automatically and you set them on fire and then they're just burning tar monsters that are attacking. It's terrible. Wow. Well, we heard reports uh, of one orc here. Are they from Verasi? Yes. The wing of their army is entirely orcish. And that's what they've brought here. I've kept alive and done my best by the people of my town uh, by not asking too many questions. The, the vibe of the area is that I run the day-to-day and any orders that they need, they tell to me and I relay it to the people and then they do their own thing beyond the mountains at Fort Kachuma. Hmm. Do you have enough able-bodied people in the outpost that could help out uh, if we were to help clear out your outpost? Mm. There are many able-bodied people. I think not a one of them would raise their hand to fight the orcs. How many orcs are there in your town right now? The nearby fort has... Um, Thirty, maybe. Right, and in the village itself, in Santa Santa Barbara, uh, he shakes his head. None. Um, they they live in the fort. They sometimes patrol the town, uh, but they they're primarily based in the fortress. Hmm. Okay. If they were to patrol. Uh, to town would you support us ambushing them oh absolutely please please save us from the, these these horrible orcs he says leaning back in his cushy chair that was given to him and uh, you know sipping some more champagne from his glass relaxing in the comfort of this yacht in this like cozy little cove probably teaching himself how to sail in this like pleasant area given a life of luxury for just sort of cooperating and keeping the peace. But what else is he going to do? Say no and get himself hung or crucified? I don't know. Um, at, While they're kind of busy, somehow he didn't wonder where I was. Um, 
I just like to be invisibly walking around, looking at things, poking through things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty small space in here, but you're a small person, so that's not a problem. Um, it's pretty cozy. Uh, there's, Don't notice you know, anything. Nothing shiny. Oh, there's plenty of shiny things. Um, there's like an actual proper mirror. Most mirrors at this time are just like a piece of bronze or a piece of silver that has been like polished. Um, and then this it actually has maybe it's silver that's been polished and then it's been like pressed against glass in such a way that um, air won't filter in and so the silver is not going to tarnish and so it's like an actual really nice silver mirror that's properly curved with that like rolled silver spirals all the way around it mm. and it's on like a set of hinges so you could like bring it off of the wall or like angle it around in different places um, it's a super cushy little zone in here the crushed velvet for the seats oh it's to die for you know all of the goods here could sell for quite a bit but it's not like small things that you could pocket and take away. It's like the yacht is worth millions yeah. of copper. I can't shove a whole mirror in my pocket. Mm -mm. Yeah, nothing small. Nothing, um, no globe, no ring. I got nothing. No one's leaving their golden rings just lying on nearby tables. No. Hey, it's a yacht, right? Who's going to be daring to come on his yacht? Yeah, but look who at just his stuff? Takes off their ring and leaves it on. Their shoes, right? But I'm so small. I feel uh, like shoes would be deck. like taken up so much. Well, yeah, but you did fine. see his nice pair of loafers on the top deck. How but nice? Rich person, nice. I don't know. Yes, I, I think. I do run a cobbling dwarf campaign, so I should know this by now. Uh. But I don't know, like um. Like, you know, five gold for the pair of shoes. Uh, five, 500 bucks. Hmm. Nice, but not like gaudy. Yeah, not worth it. No, but they're also not fancy shoes. They're like common shoes, but like really well done. Mm -hmm. right? No, no, too big for too little. Thank you. Also, yeah, they're huge. They wouldn't fit in your pocket. No, I'd have to like get them on my person. Okay. Um, just keeping an eye out. So, uh, says Lord Campbell, um, when do you think you and your men can rid us of these uh, these monsters and return us to the rightful rule of... Did you say Empress Wick? When did that change? When we won the war. What war? Against Mistria. There was a war between Drekus and Mistria? Yep. Wow. Well, they slaughtered the great red dragon, Scoria. Mystria killed their own pet dragon? No. No. Drekis killed. Are you the not Drekisian? You said they. Well, they because it was. I wasn't part of them. You know. Oh, I see. Right, but, like, right. It's not the entire army that fell into slaughter. Well, that's splendid. I hear that she was a, a real beast. Yeah? Did you hear that? Well, I thought a... you didn't hear anything. She's a red dragon. She's lived there hundreds of years. Okay, Campbell. Why would you want us to help you if you have all this? And probably a better life than you've ever had before. Hmm. 
right, he says, uh, grabbing a piece of cheese. Um, because it's the right thing to do. Oh, fuck off. What? Oh, that's so noble of you. Just because I'm living in the lap of luxury doesn't mean that I don't care for my people. I will stand, I will stand up. What am I supposed to do? Die for nothing? No, and as long as I'm here in this position, I might as well take comfort in the, the tools they've given me. I have no guarantee whatsoever that you will not just deliver us straight to these Vorasi people for your own benefit, because all I see here shows me that you greatly profit off them. Uh, if I were going to do that, why, why would I, why wouldn't I just walk you into town and then say, "Here are invaders, kill them"? Because why would I tell you? Just walk these into details. into a town if there's a possibility of orcs being there. I feel like I've been extremely honest with you. Deception's not in my nature. I brought you on the boat so we could have Give a conversation in private. Check him. Um, you think he might be lying? Give me a charisma check. Oh, it's charisma. Yeah, charisma is your interpersonal social skill. Oh, broadly cool. speaking, I'm not very good at that. You know. It's a weird situation. How the hell could you judge this, huh? How could you judge this person? You don't know what they've been through. He seems pleasant and amiable and affable. Can and... I try judging him? I would like to try judging him. I think him you're judging well. him very well right now. <laughs> what was your uh, What was your name before you were called uh, Campbell, by the way? Oh, well, my given name is Bruce. Uh, most people just call me Bruce. Lord Campbell is a title that they've given me for, you know, I I just go by that to to keep things going. But you, you, as you as the knight here has so clearly stated, I'm not actually a noble by anyone other than the the, the Rossi Empire, who is technically a larger empire than all of Arcadia. So maybe what they have to say does carry some weight. Maybe I actually am a noble now. But um, they will call me Lord Campbell. You you may call me Bruce. Bruce, I dare say you may be one of the you may be one of the most heroic heroes I've seen in some time. Ah, why, thank you, he says, leaning into his comfortable chair and pouring himself a little bit more champagne and refilling the other glasses. The spirit of a hero is exactly to do what is not necessarily in your best interest, but for the interest of everyone around you. Ah, he gets it. Good man. Now, are you in charge of this expedition there, uh... Sir? Unfortunately, he's not. I'll say, and I'll look at him and I'll say, um, listen, if you want <sighs> anything out of this, then I'm the one you need to negotiate with, and I don't appreciate, and I just wave a hand around, like, all that. So, if you tell me straightforward what it is you want to get out of it, you will have a much easier time because I'm running out of patience. I have half a mind to just sail back to wherever I came from instead of sitting here watching you eat cheese. I see. I would like the people to no longer suffer under the rule of the Empire of Rossi. They are cruel and calculating and here for their own purposes and if anyone gets in their way 
they are they are dealt with inappropriately this island has a this new land has a way of warping the intents of what I assume were very good people once upon a time I have no personal wants for myself any way shape or form I desire no rewards no benefits no honors no titles no houses no you're lands you're just going to go back to being Bruce from the bakery or wherever you came from before um I mean if if, if 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 that is the will of the empire then then so be it if you decide that once a noble always a noble and that can't be undone so be it I do you have a group have of no sorry go ahead sorry do you I do you have a group of people that you would trust in this uh, outpost to coordinate with us the servants in my house are all wonderful people Excellent. Yes, I'm sure we can count on Mildred for her intel. It's going to be very important. Well, I don't know what you want. I say excitedly to Elaine. Um, The key is that if there are, uh, if orcs ever do come to this town, then we could probably hide out and ambush them um, when given word from the townsfolk. Whatever you think is best, I will aid you in any way that I can. Did wasn't there a fourth person that you were bringing along? Are they up top? Ma'am, can I meet them? You're muted if you're saying something. Are you muted? You're still muted. What happened, Peach? Peach. Ah, there we go. Nope. No. Oh, we heard you for a second. That little cry of relief. Test, 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 test. There we go. Test. I'm back. Yeah, we're back. Okay, good. Um, I want to go up to Vincent's ear. When he said, um, like, if there are orcs in the town, and I want mm-hmm. to tell him that. I did see orcs in the town. Like, I saw the orcs in the town. There were a bunch of them, little groups. Six. They had armor and weapons. It's me, Crumpet. Crumb. Oh. Interesting. Uh, I, I kind of think. When did you set sail, by the way, today? Oh, I haven't sailed yet. Uh, this, this little slough here is only, oh... A few acres large. I've just been trying to get a hang of the breeze. I mean, um, today, didn't you just come from town? No, no, no. The estate is on this side of the peninsula. Um, we, we don't live in town. Oh, I see. And you also have come to your estate? On, on official business only. How often? Rare. Um, every few months, maybe? When was the last visit? I think the uh, orc captain came by at the start of summer um, July 1st so uh, you know a few weeks ago now um, to ask for a status report on things uh, the ongoing in town the general sentiment 
um, handed me a set of laws that I needed to enact and enforce. Do you often visit town? It It's not good for the upper class to socialize with the, the lower classes. It breeds contempt. Um, and so I'm doing my best to, to play the part. Um, no, right. I don't visit town often, but my servants go uh, daily for supplies. I take it your estate has its own place to keep that boat of yours, yeah? Oh, absolutely. We have a, a small little dock um, and some we stables. Could sh- we could possibly land a ship there. When the tide is very high and with a little bit of digging, we could um, expand the... Uh, the the estuary, the slough out to the sea, um, and if the tide is high enough, uh, a ship might be able to come in, depending on its um, beam. No, beam is side to side. What's the 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 depth of this ship? Is it just called depth? I'm new to all these nautical terms. Um, depending on how deep the ship is, you might be able to come on in at the very highest of tides. Although we might need to move some of the sand. The sand sort of flows in, and then during the winter it flows out. Right now we're in the summer, so the sand is high. Um, it would probably be a a few weeks of highly visible work to make this this uh, slough available for a larger ship to enter into. But the, the slough on the other side, the Galita slough, is um, usually kept in a state that large ships could enter. It's a very sheltered and protected harbor, and it only takes a little bit of work to maintain the the depth of the um, entry. Hmm. Uh, That leads you right into town. Right. So, Bruce, before you were elevated to your noble status, did you mention that you were the baker in town? I wasn't a baker, no. But I I was just a a commoner. I've done done my very best to elevate my my speech and manners to be um, appropriate for my rank. What was it that you did in town? I was a jeweler. Um, I collected seashells and little bits of sea glass, and I wove them together in order to make um, various jewelries. I I sold all of my wares to the um, the sea glass. Well, I sold them at the sea glass market. Uh, that's what I did. Does he have jewelry on him right now? He does. He actually has. Now that you're, you know, he's talking about it. Um, he's got a, pieces of sea glass that have been rounded and polished and sanded on the mm-hmm. side so that they'll fit in like little circles around each other, mixed with what appears to be like a small piece of driftwood that has been very carefully carved to put his name Bruce across it, and then that carving has been like burned on the inside where you have to like heat up a tiny poker and like burn one little bit at a time because you don't have like mm-hmm. an electric way of creating fire or heat um you know very intricate work and it's sort of it's not the style of, of jewelry you would see back home in Dracus. it's very um you know, not avant-garde is not the right word but like localized trendly you might consider it exotic and um mm. You know, think like 90s puka shell style jewelry, but in, you know, the 1400s. Yeah. Do you have a recommendation if we were to sneak into town, uh, who we should talk to who would be able to help us uh, stage an ambush against the orcs? Oh, I don't think anyone in town could help you stage an ambush against the orcs. Uh, They're all terrified. 
Would anyone be willing to hide us? Well, you can stay at my estate. The orcs have come um, just a few weeks ago, and I probably won't see them until the start of autumn. Was his estate close enough to town? It's like two miles, three miles from town. That's pretty close. It's like an hour. Hmm. Yes, and we have many large rooms. It's a fantastic estate. The Campbell family had good taste. What size ship do these Vorasi forces have? What have you seen? Hmm. Yes, they'll come through with a galleon every now and then, which is too big to fit into the harbor, and they'll park it off that way. Um, but the, every now and then, a, a smaller vessel, like a, a sloop, will come on through. I have no idea what a sloop is, so I have to Google It's that. a galita. Sloop, a galita. Uh, it's a smaller right. ship. Would it... Let's see. Would our ship be able to beat a sloop? Um, oh, you know, these specific nautical questions are very difficult to answer. It's going to come down to the skill of the crew, um, the condition of the ship, uh, understanding of local environments. And when we generalize and say, like, this is a sloop and this is a galleon and blah, 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 like we're, we're making these big classes, but we're not, you know, things aren't factory line. So one sloop could be very different from the next, could be very different from the next. On the um, other hand, it's. I kind of just assumed the galleon would wallop our ship. Uh, in speed or in what? Like it, in sheer firepower, I guess. Well, there's no cannons, so the only firepower is like bows and spells, maybe a ballista. But a galleon is a much, much larger ship. It would have a much larger crew. Your ship might be able to outrun it, maybe, or at least outmaneuver it. Interestingly enough, the longer a ship, the faster it can go based on mechanics that I can't quite understand, but sailors and Navy men assure me is a real thing. But that the length of your ship has to do with the maximum speed, and the longer the ship, the higher the speed. The town would be able to feed a group of like 20 extra people, 25. Certainly. And Especially if 30 less orcs are there. And you're pretty sure that the town, while perhaps not uh, not brave enough to help us, they wouldn't be against us. If we were to attack the orcs in town. Broadly speaking, correct. There, there are, of course, some people who have collaborated deeply and might wish to remain in such positions but I think most people are, are good people at, at their heart wouldn't you say? Who has collaborated so. I say as, Who's that? as a voice He looks around notices that none of you are concerned or looking around Hello? I'm just very small very small microscopic um who who has collaborated? If you'd like, I can have my servants draw up a list of names. Yes, and their their occupations, so that we know what where they come from as well, like what what building and stuff. And also, if you have a map of the town, so that we can know what building corresponds with what, that could be useful. I will have them do so. It will take a few days. There's a lot of people right. in town. A lot of collaborators? 
Well, so, I, uh, I'll leave that to my servants. Um, please, come stay with us at my estate. I'm sure you'll be safe and undetected there. Uh, we can't bring our ship there. We need to return to our ship first. I think we need right. to go to the ship. We need to bring our people and we need to put them into the estate and the ship needs to be either staying out at sea or actually going back. I like that. Can your estate hold uh, 20 people? 20 of us? Ooh, um, if they don't mind tight quarters, if we put, you know, multiple people to a room, uh, certainly. I'm, I'm sure soldiers are used to such... Um, conditions and quarters I, I expect they have, for them it would be fine at the very least the, the grand hall could fit many people I'm sure we also have a tent or two I think it should be okay splendid perfect there's always room outside and there's a nice courtyard which would block view of tents from anyone approaching how do we get to your estate from here Ah, come with me and he will head up onto the top deck um, and he'll point and he'll see like you see where the the hill comes down to the ground and there's that little dock over there well if you just take the road from that dock and it'll wind along the cliffside for a little bit and then it'll go in maybe oh actually those trees that large tree right there maybe 200 feet beyond just beyond that hedgerow uh, that's where the estate begins it's uh, nice and secluded but nearby we could be there in less than 10 minutes if you wanted. Based All on right. those uh, directions, could we walk from the shore to that oh, place? Absolutely. Not okay. a problem. Bruce, you've I been think... a really big help. Um, I think well, we you. should talk to our people and we'll head and to I your place. I think you should come with because you don't really have anything to do, do you? I'll, I'll pull on Elaine's uh, cloak for a second so that she knows that I'm there, and then I'll tippy-toe, and I'll go, Elaine, would you like me to follow him while I'm invisible? He could go back to the house and I could see if he's being evil. Did he react? Stare, stare at her face to see if there's like a slight nod or, you know. I will, yeah. blink, I will blink twice. <laughs> and then I will be like... Uh... Looking at, I'll look at the half-elf. Does he react to that? You want me to join you on your ship with the rest of your people? Well, do you have anything to do? I, I don't really know what you mean by that. That sounds sort of dismissive and insulting. I would be happy to help you in any way that I can. And if you feel I would be of most use to you aboard your ship, so be it. I just hope that my presence isn't called for in my absence it won't shouldn't be but i would hate to tip any hands too early fine but, um, ever then your servant. you can at least start straight away with that list of yours if you return yeah is that possible yes may i ask um kel what did you say your name was your your title kel pentelin i see but you're, um, like me. I don't think you and I are anything alike, good sir. He, uh, taps his ears. 
I thought the Pentelins were a respectable human family. Where did you come from? I will cringe at the word respectable. Who was your mother? And I'll sl- I'll slap my knees and I'll be like, "All right then." Wait, you, you cut out you, you cut out the first thing you document. said. The first thing you said was just muted in silence. Slept. I slap. I just slap my knees, you know, as I get up from crouching, and I'll say, "All right then." Um, I will meet you back at the estate. Um, we shall return to the ship. I think this is not the time for small talk. We have all things to do. I, I meant no offense. I thought, do your people not freely talk about from whence you come? My apologies if I've offended. I've, I have Although, a human uh, mother. My, my father is John Pierre Cusset. Famous elf. Is yours not the same? I, we could be step-siblings. Or half-siblings, you know. I really think my family procreating is none of your business whatsoever. My apologies. Especially not right after you ask me what my name is again. So maybe, you know, you try a little bit harder on the etiquette part of being a noble because that is blatantly obvious that you are not part of that group whatsoever. Good day. He gives a shrug to uh, Vincent and to uh, uh, Vorden, Vor, Vordern, Vordren. <clears throat> um, good, good day. I'll be waiting for your message, for your no, appearance. Thank you. thank you very much for your help. Don't worry too much about it. It takes so much time to study about this etiquette thing. I, I would know. I'll, I'll whisper in Elaine's ear. And I'll, 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 I'll follow him. And I think with that, we're going to end our session for today. It's a nice, cozy, warm beach on the Riviera of Ethos. Beautiful oak trees. The waters are a little bit cold, but they're nice and clear. There's plenty of tar around to build your ships with and make them nice and waterproof. Beautiful mountains, avocados imported from the other side, just a couple of orcs, and a a half-elf who has lucked into the leadership role of a lifetime. Um, So as we round out our session for today, let's just talk about what we've learned of the, the Empire and um, the roles we played. So, uh, Vincent, Vincent Mapper, representing the, like, the part of the Empire that wishes to do good for the people. You know, the the earnest, hardworking, um, we're here to make the better world. You've been affable. You've been friendly. You've been conscientious of protocol and needing, like, maybe we need paperwork to justify our appearance here. We can't just show up and say, you know, I think that's been a really good representation of how the world, how a government ought to behave with their ducks in a row, with their, with their, the best hopes and intentions, being friendly and trusting people implicitly. That's what I'd like to see in, in a future world or a future government. Well done. Um, so I think yes. we can see. Do you, do you have any other parts that you'd like to add to that that you think that I've skipped over? 
No, perfect. I'm glad that we met someone uh, who is a very big help, who represents exactly those ideals here mm. as well. Mm -hmm. Look at this guy who, from a commoner upbringing, becomes a noble and like still willing to help us out. That's <laughs> oh. wonderful. He's a little bit like Lord Richard in that way. Also a, a commoner who ended up being a noble by the sweat of his bootstraps and is, you know, doing his best. Yeah. Only that he can actually read. Okay, you can't... So classist over here. Wow. Uh, on the other hand, we have we have this halfling who represents the will of the empire to just get things done. Always looking ahead. Gonna scout this place out. Maybe I'll follow this guy around his house. See what he's saying when we're not here. A little bit of trust but verify going on, right? Yeah, he. This guy seems useless. He seems like a like a leech to the resources of the world. Um, he's mm -hmm. highly inefficient, and I think that Crumb, fi Crumb finds Vincent endearing, but she finds him inefficient, highly inefficient. She's like, oh, to be young, oh, to be a a bright-eyed child. Um, mm. Yeah, I can't wait to get some blood on our hands <laughs> that, wow that empire man they're uh they're really uh excited oh, for the man. future looking forward to it hey i hope that we get to you know kill those orcs and send a good message a strong message mm -hmm. to the opposing side that thought that they could conquer the land that we conquered first mm -hmm. our land our people under our control you can't just come in and then fuck them over we were fucking them over first <laughs> <laughs> no you you were okay yeah yeah we i was also... keeping them safe i guess yeah mm -hmm. but then people went evil with the magic curse yeah what's going on with that that curse so weird yeah okay. well elaine um, you are representing the the balance of the empire between the the desire to do good and the desire to actually be effective, because sometimes those are at odds with one another. Not um, this time, though. How do you feel? You, today's actions have reflected on the the great and glorious empire of Drekus. That wow. face says a lot. It is not what she expected. Um, I think she felt a wave of relief when she realized, okay, there are some evil people actually inhabiting this place. So there is a military solution to this problem. She can handle that, you know, and then they met this guy at the beach and she has been very uncomfortable with this. And she is just angry at the fact that there are no competent people to be found that you need to support to find their own way but you're walking around and you're just saving people you know and that can be very frustrating especially when they are grating on you um like that but elaine like even though this is highly confusing she's here to do her job and she's not going to back down from it and um she will use every resource that is available to her mm -hmm. but she is not going to be fucked over mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. if anybody tries any shit 
they're going to be in real trouble and there's not going to be any hesitation whatsoever. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think um, she has been not as polite and not as forthcoming as she might have been with somebody else, but she's also talking to a commoner who's just been randomly put in charge of this whole thing and has n- really no idea what they are doing, but is mm-hmm. in- enjoying his wine and cheese, you know, so... She feels for those people that were executed because they stood up. Um, like the the proper camel family and not this fake mm, man mm-hmm. who's just stolen mm-hmm. the name is now sitting on, on that boat. Ah, uh, yes. The Empire doesn't like it when the lower classes stake nobility for themselves and hang out and pretend that they're all high and mighty and fancy. And they also don't like, the Empire doesn't seem to like people who are um, layabouts, you know? Trump over mm-hmm. here was trained to be a wizard for the war, but his schooling wrapped up after the war ended. But he was there for a purpose. The halfling over here, Crumpet, Pichachu, she's left her family farms to go serve the Empire and make it a better place. Elaine has been through hell and back to try and turn this Empire into something useful. And what is this guy who's been given power and privilege do? He's just enjoying eating it. cheese, fondling his fucking balls, doing nothing. Wow. He's keeping his entire town alive. He should stage a coup, a riot. Well, just to have mm-hmm. a backbone. We'll find out what happens next week on Rise of Drekus, Outpost on the Frontier. Um, and that's it. So. Any final words? Anything that anyone wants to say before we go? Anything that you're doing, Trump, that you want to talk about, Jer? It's it's so fun to play once again in your campaigns, Clover. <laughs> oh, thank you. Look forward to more. Excellent. It was so wonderful playing with you guys. It was. Yeah, I think was. we have great chemistry. I think this is going to be... If we don't derail it, this is going to be really fun. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, so good, many, it's a good team. Yeah, there's so many people we could have killed already, but haven't, so that's great. Yeah, we did it. We're Look no murder hobos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. yet. Uh, I'm Not still yet. considering. Well, <laughs> We're still on the boat. There's nobody to help this guy, you know. I'm saying there's a 50-50 chance I'm going to drown. Does he know how to swim? If not, that's a swift death. Yeah, and you know, how is he going to swim yeah, just... you know? If we make yeah. him invisible, nobody's going to know that he actually drowned. No. <laughs> Until his body washes up 24 I'm, I'm hours later. Good, I'm a good person. Um, all right. Well, then, that's that. We'll be back next week with more Rise of Drekus in an hour. If you're watching this live, we're going to be doing Rise of Drekus Chapter 3, um, which stars a bunch of other people. And uh, you can just stick around and watch that. If you like blood, that's your show. So stay tuned for some slaughter. Goodbye. (laughs)